0: that water dick poop by an actress in a leading role <laughs> annette benning in naya lily gladstone in Killers of the flower moon Sandra Julia in Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan in Maestro. And Emma Stone in Poor Things. Hello and welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that takes you down to the asteroid city where the roads taste of salt and the girls are Priscilla. Oh, won't you please taste of things? Stupid! so stupid every week on this head oscar buzz we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty academy award aspirations but for some reason or another it all went wrong the oscar hopes died and we're here to perform the autopsy except this week we're bringing you our annual post nomination celebration of the past year's hopefuls that didn't make it i'm your host chris file i'm here as always with my boy in a boat joe reed
1: I am in a boat. I am in a boat floating down a rowing. lonely a lonely current, and that current is the current that is taking me away from Barbie snub discourse.
0: <laughs> I've joked before that uh Dunkirk is about Twinks drowning. Yes, the boat is about Twinks rowing. Joe, you brought it up uh two minutes to talk about the two Barbie nominations that didn't happen, and I say that specifically to not Call them the Barbie snubs, as everybody seems to be calling them.
1: I, it's the most succinct way to say it, even though you're right. It is, um, it's, it's contributing to the problem to do that, uh, that way.
0: Um, we are nothing if not contributing to the problem. Listen, generally speaking,
1: we did not contribute to the problem as much as, say, like Hillary Clinton contributed to the problem. I'm just going to say, I mean, Hillary, come, read a room, read a nation, like not the time, not the time nor the place, please. Um,
0: not necessary.
1: The, anyway. The Pokemon go to the polls energy of that tweet could not be measured on by terrestrial means. Like, that was out of this world. Anyway, so, no, the uh, uh, occupational hazard of somebody who um, is the kind of dork that I am and does the kind of podcast that we do, I get, you know, asked by the people in my life to weigh in on whenever an Oscar thing breaks through to the mainstream, which... Clearly this had, um, my parents, who's media diet- And then we sound diet... like
0: crazy people, because when you have to explain, like, the context to people who don't get it, and, like, a lot of them being, you know, people who maybe saw three movies last year and Barbie was one of them, of course they don't understand, and, like, they don't engage with the Oscars, etc., yeah.
1: My parents, whose media diet is, like, 70% MSNBC, and that is a low estimate, um, asked me about it so clearly it has made the uh soft news portion of the cycle and it's on one hand i'm tempted to like get into the nitty gritty of it all which is that like yes they were left off yes it was a very competitive year it was a very good year for movies the directors branch is different than the other branches they have more of a you know uh a perhaps more uh pitiless character when it comes to things that Hugh commercial? Perhaps? We don't know. Um, Are there... uh, Whatever. Uh, Then get into the the side conversation which is it's tough to blame the patriarchy for Margot Robbie's omission considering she's in Best Actress. There were no... uh, her nomination was replaced by other women. I do find it hard to believe— The Oscars are not
0: voted on by the Illuminati in a room that says, we will nominate Ryan Gosling and not Margot Robbie. Right. Like, well, that's another thing. Also forgetting that America Ferrero was nominated by the
1: Actors Branch. Trying right. to explain to people that like a snub in one category really doesn't have anything to do with a snub in the other category. It structurally cannot. Um,
0: Explaining branches to people who don't understand— Movies, let alone the Oscars, is like a whole three-hour podcast episode in and of itself. I find
1: it hard to believe that the patriarchy set all of this up in order to ensure a nomination for Annette Benning and Nyad. Uh, I just don't see that as their ultimate goal. Um, and at my most sort of hot takey, not to, to be hot takey, but like, not every thing that does not go the way we think it should go is necessarily a structural problem. And... Well, especially
0: Margot Robbie not getting nominated in Best Actress. Yeah. Well, but here's the other thing, too. The the thing that I keep coming back to, and I've thought about this a lot, as over the past week, over on our Patreon, see link below, uh, we've been running a top ten ballot for our listeners and people have been sending in their top tens we don't know oscars voting totals and all evidence otherwise points to likelihood that they could have been both margot robbie in best actress and greta gerwig in best director very likely could have been sixth place and if they weren't in sixth place there still was a lot of competition. Yes. And as I've been, you know, running these vote tallies from what our listeners are putting in, and I see what, you know, we're not the Academy, we are not 10,000 people, you know, we would love to have uh, 10,000 ballots these on these things votes. ballots. these things scale, but, like, yeah, yeah. They, they do, and there can be real fierce competition and even real fierce competition in things that you're not expecting. Yes, Uh, Just the way that the numbers work out, there can be a lot of contenders in any type of voting like this Mm -hmm. that can be very, very close. And it's hard to, I think it's hard to even call it a snub when it's like all signs point to they were very, very close to
1: a nomination.
0: Yeah, I don't even like, you know, the excuse of saying, well, the director's branch is snobby, and it's like... Yeah, you you're outlawing certain... all sorts
1: of terms right now that I've been using, so um, <laughs> I've got to work on my vocab.
0: I mean, even saying that, like, I think director's branch saying that it's snobby, but it's just like, okay, but all signs were still that Greta Gerwig was very close to being nominated. So in the case of Barbie, like, I don't know.
1: I, I'm i on record in the past as saying uh, I am using the S word here as saying it's good that the Oscars are snobby it's necessary that the Oscars are to some degree or another snobby we certainly don't want them to be exclusive we don't want them to be discriminatory but like the snobbiness of the Oscars is what makes them the Oscars and to a degree we want them on that wall we need them on that wall kind of a thing that's sort of where I come down to with the Oscars now Hollywood I think Hollywood being less snobby is maybe where you want to direct your energies. More opportunities for women overall will end up reflecting exactly. more opportunities for women in awards. I think it's the it's it's understanding that the dog wags the tail and not allowing your perception of the Oscars to get the idea that the tail is wagging the dog here. And
0: it's getting the movies made, it's getting them promoted, it's getting them pushed into Oscar campaigns. It's getting it's critics to see them it's on audiences to see them you know because all of these are contributing factors and all of those contributing factors need work
1: i think you can bash your head up against a wall a lot trying to legislate around the taste of other people who are not you and um it ultimately you on some level have to accept that in large enough numbers that like you know The taste of the Oscar vote probably don't reflect, sometimes don't even reflect the majority taste of the Oscar voters. It's just a matter of, you know, that's what happens when you're voting in large numbers. And I think if, you know, a bunch of people saw the commercialism of Barbie and caused, and that caused them to sort of slot that movie. Lower down their list because of that. I would disagree with those people. I would probably have a frank and open discussion with them for 30 minutes. That involves me, you know, uh, talking about the kinds of things that Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were able to do with their film to um, turn that into some kind of an artistic, you know, statement about that. But ultimately, I can't cause somebody, I can't force somebody to. Like or respect something more than they do, and I can either give myself a concussion over that, or I can just accept the fact that like sometimes the Oscars will disappoint me. And this is this will maybe be my final word on the subject. And I think it's something that you.
0: I'm of the position these days that the Oscars will more often than not disappoint me well, and so like here, and I'm still here still here
1: and even even disappoint feels a little too strong for what I'm saying because it's like I don't I think I maybe this makes me sound like I'm more evolved than I am and you can you know uh, find the receipts that probably would find plenty of receipts to counteract this
0: receipts screenshots time stamps, whatever <laughs> that quote is
1: do you watch salt lake city at all or are you just getting that from the internet internet i i i I only watched that episode i am on the
0: timeline do i need to watch any real housewife show i get all the good stuff on the
1: timeline that's totally true anyway this is not true
0: of of the traders listeners do not think that this that my thought process applies to all shows
1: we can't talk about the traders will be here all day um what I'm trying I did to
0: earlier call uh, myself the Phaedra of this podcast yeah. and Joe the Parvity of this podcast. We had
1: a portion of this podcast that we did uh, off mic, and um, I can't work our way back to the part where Chris um, used a Phaedra line to shame me, and we decided <laughs> that uh, Chris was the Phaedra and I was the Parvati, um, which is true. No one likes me in this castle. Um, anyway. Um,
0: well, that wasn't true of Phaedra. But anyway, <laughs> keep going. We can't talk about the truth.
1: This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. The lie that I'm going to say right now is that I don't need the Oscars to validate my taste, and it's a lie that's only like partially a lie. Um, and it's certainly a thing that I Same. think is Great. an ideal is that if I needed the Oscars to validate my taste, I'd have stopped watching the Oscars a long time ago. Because because what would be the point? I think in I think the Oscars are a time capsule and a conversation piece and a lens through which to view a thing that i love which is called movies it's not the only lens through which i view it is i'll admit my preferred lens because it appeals to 12 different mostly gay things about me but like <laughs> it's it's a thing you know whatever whatever i
0: think i think the reason why it remains somewhat of a preferred lens for me is that it is, I find it very useful as a marker of time. Yes. This chapter is now over.
1: And ultimately, we love these artists. I love filmmakers. I love actors. God help me. I probably love them more than I should. I love actors.
0: I would like to state for the record that Joe Reed is a ground-level Greta Gerwig fan, so if anybody thinks that he's being too soft on the Academy right now,
1: I go back as far as House of the Devil. Like, I know people go back farther than that, but, like, that was my ground level. Mm, like,
0: if they go back further than that, then they're Mumblecore fans, and they should be ashamed. <laughs>
1: but, fair. Um, fair. Um, but anyway... Sure
0: House of the Devil was before Francis Hall Right.
1: This is the thing. I have... I, my, my Greta Gerwig bona fides are secure. Um, probably more secure than a lot of people who are doing this very, very loud complaining this year. Um... My Margot Robbie in Barbie bonafides are certainly secure, not to spoil upcoming guest appearances I will have on other podcasts, but, like, Catch Me on the Right Day, and that's my number one actress performance of the year. I think she's astoundingly good. And you were there on the text chain when I walked out of that movie, and I said, Margot Robbie better fucking get an Oscar nomination (laughs) for this role. So, like... I get it, I get it, I get it, but ultimately... The
0: thing is, it's also, the Academy is 10,000 people across all branches, that is a lot of people, and I think the more, like, the higher the numbers get, though, like, I think the Academy does the right thing of, like, including more global things to include more taste, but I do think that the more, like, the more cooks are in the kitchen, the more likely you are to get basic food. And I think it is still somewhat of a miracle that even though a movie that was beloved by so many people, but a movie that is as strange and weird as Barbie having eight Oscar nominations is uncommon. Yes, and that's
1: great. And a billion dollars and eight nominations. Like we've we've had this conversation. Remember when everybody was all up in arms about Spider Man and how Jimmy Kimmel was out there being like, "Why do the Oscars refuse to nominate you know movies that people liked?" If Spider-Man had gotten two Oscar nominations of the kind that Barbie got, those boys would have been wetting their pants with glee. Do you know what I mean? Like, Barbie is the example of the Academy recognizing big blockbuster movies that everybody went out to see. And honestly, Oppenheimer's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? So, like, we've had this has been the conversation all year. Um, but anyway, yes. So to to um To sort of close it out. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Remember when I said two minutes to talk? That's what I was going to say. We went on for like 15 minutes. Anyway.
1: Par for the course. Par for the course.
0: Yeah. We're here on what we can safely say is our most popular episode of every year. Speaking of marking time. yes, Joe, it's time to honor the class of 2023.
1: Honor the honor the people, honor the film. Yes, of 2020.
0: We also want to, well, uh, we have to thank our listeners as well, because yeah. not that we are the only podcast that this happens to on Oscar nomination morning, but that is the day that we get the massive influx of people recognizing our show and saying, well, at least we'll get an episode on this. At least we'll get, uh, you know, an episode on that. Can't wait to hear the class of 2023, which... I feel like in our doing this, there we're talking about when it's in the context of, well, at least we'll get a This Had Oscar Buzz episode on that movie. We're always like, yeah, but we would also love to not be able to talk about that movie because we think that movie deserves Oscar mm-hmm.
1: nominations. That's what but the class of 2023 episode, the class of it, any year's episode is all about.
0: It is a very sweet and flattering thing that we hear from our listeners. So we just want to send a thank you for that.
1: Well. And it's, yes, it's always a little bit surprising to me how many people are out there engaging with our podcast, and we, we really love that. Um, Chris, why don't you tease our superlatives episode that is coming soon to the Patreon, and, in, and through that— uh,
0: uh, I'll talk about our Patreon listeners by now. You hopefully know, but if you are looping back to us uh, after a year break or you're a first-time listener, we have a Patreon. Uh, We call it This Head Oscar Bus, Turbulent Brilliance. It's only $5 a month. Uh, What are you going to get with those $5 a month? The first of which is our Exceptions episodes. These are movies that manage to net an Oscar nomination or two, but still manages to feel like the type of movie we would be talking about. Those arrive on the first of every month. Uh, What have we talked about with those? We've talked about The Mirror Has Two Faces rob marshall's nine our listeners chose the lovely bones for us to do we're gonna be doing molly's game soon which our listeners have just recently chose uh coming right up we're gonna be talking about the great and hopefully winning an oscar this year paul giamatti in the less than great barney's version bet you forgot that barney's version got a makeup nomination it sure did yeah uh then the second episode you're going to get, we call them excursions. This is where we do deep dives into ephemera that we obsess about over here on This head Oscar Buzz. We go and we talk about Hollywood Reporter roundtables. We've recapped award shows like the 1996 MTV Movie Awards. We, uh, What else have we done there? Uh, we've
1: to Magic Mike and, Live and talked yeah. about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the coming month we're gonna be doing kind of like our Patreon version of the class of, of, of if we pick the episode. winners
1: but um but if we pick the winners of the weirdest awards that are available yeah, across like all
0: season. of the goofy awards that happen throughout the award season we're calling hyper specific superlative,
1: yeah. yeah, 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 that's coming on the
0: fifteenth of February it's gonna be a banger. And also, we have our listeners involved. Our listeners are going to basically pick the best picture category for us. We are going off of TIFF and calling it the Grolsch People's Choice Award. Shout out to Grolsch. they're not sponsored by Grolsch anymore. Grolsch, send us money.
1: We're doing this anyway, but Grolsch, send us money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Grolsch, maybe send us a beer. I don't know. Um, I'm not a beer drinker. But uh, the listeners are choosing their top ten of the year... And if you are not currently a subscriber to the Patreon and you still want to be involved, go over onto the Patreon. As of this episode airing, you can still vote on the category because on top of polling everybody's top 10, much like the Oscars, we're going to run a preferential ballot. You guys have no idea
1: how dorkily excited Chris has been to tabulate a preferential ballot. And I will say, as somebody who, like, did this on Twitter one year because I was also dorkily excited about tabulating a preferential ballot? <laughs> I get it. I really get it. It's been how so many, lovely to many, watch.
0: How uh, many people submitting did you get for that when you did that?
1: Oh, gosh. It was so long. It was like several years ago. It was not a ton, but um, I couldn't tell you. In, 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 below 50. You know what I mean? Cool.
0: Uh, we currently have about 250 ballots. Um. That's pretty good. Not all the Garys have done it. I get it. Maybe you haven't seen ten movies or ten movies you would vote for. Some people have literally submitted one movie. Not many, but uh, there's been maybe. But that counts because you can also do
1: that as an Oscar voter. So yes,
0: an Oscar voter can do that as an Oscar voter. So this is yeah. kind of like our sampling yeah. of uh, what it would uh, what Oscar voting looks like. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can go over to Patreon.com/slash buzz for five dollars a month. Join us and uh, have some fun, get loud in the comments, and we hope you like the bonus episodes.
1: Come play with us, Danny. Um, Joe. Yes?
0: The rest of our housekeeping before we get <laughs> into the class of yes. 2023. How's the movie's fantasy league going on over at Vulture?
1: It's a wild scene right now. So we have now passed the Oscar nominations, which are the biggest influx of points that we'll get until... um. Oscar night. Oscar night is where the big money players come to play. All of the awards are worth a ton of points, so there's a lot of swing that can happen. But we are at a very interesting stage right now. There is currently a seven-way tie for first place. That has been the case for the last few weeks. Oscar nominations did not change that fact. Um Shout out we by have the to way to
0: the Garys because we have 3 Garys in that tied for first place.
1: Yep, shout out to uh Pigeon Doctor Bob 2 and thank the Pig, all of whom are in the seven person scrum in first place. Uh are also Garys member Theresa May December is in eighth place right behind them, only like less than 40 points behind them. Uh also in the top 20 are uh Roster's Porkenheimer Chris didn't think that I got the joke of Porkenheimer that it sounds like pork andheimer like a pig version of Oppenheimer I did get it I just wanted to point it out But you
0: phrased it like see if you say it fast it sounds
1: like porkenheimer Cuz that's the thing I wanted to point it out <laughs> Jesus Christ <sighs> you'll you're surprised to know that there will be a category coming up about movie that's going to make us fight because uh, uh, we disagree on things sometimes.
0: Imagine. We are not uh, we are not a monolith on this. <laughs> house buzz, uh, uh, two people.
1: Also, John Wick for Oscar and Greta Gerwig reveal. All in the top 20. Our Garys are kicking ass. We love to see it. But the other thing that's interesting about this scrum at top, at, uh, in the top seven is they're all identical rosters. So the rosters are... And I'll start with the the sort of biggest Oscar players. The rosters are Poor Things, Barbie, The Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, American Fiction, The Boy and the Heron, All of Us Strangers, and Taylor Swift the Eras Tour. So, All of Us Strangers, as we'll talk about very soon, um, zero nominations. Taylor Swift the Eras Tour made a lot of money, but like that's it's it's made all the point. It's gotten all the points that it's going to get, but. Uh you'll notice who's not on that roster is neither Oppenheimer nor Killers of the Flower Moon, which are two multiple uh multiple nominated uh movies and which all both stand the case, stand the chance to win a lot of awards. The Oppenheimer rosters just by a quick eyeball are still like lurking several hundred points behind at this point. Mm-hmm. That's makeupable considering the points that are available, especially on Oscar Night. But it is not
0: certain And that Oppenheimer stands to win, win multiple, multiple awards, including Best games. Picture.
1: Right, exactly. But there are enough contenders in that scrum of Poor Things, Barbie, uh, Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, certainly, Boy and the Heron and Animated. Um, that those rosters could stay ahead. Now, There will be Oppenheimer's rosters that have poor things. There will be Oppenheimer rosters that have Barbie. But like, there's a lot of ways that this could go, is what I'm saying. And I think it's going to be for an exciting six weeks where we really don't know what's going to happen. And I kind of love that. Last year, it seemed like it was pretty, last year was also very exciting. But last year, to me at least, it seemed to be that like it was just a matter of time before the everything everywhere all at once rosters took over and there was no looking back. And that may that may be the case with Oppenheimer but like I I didn't check. I should have maybe checked before this. But like I think by this stage the everything everywhere all at once rosters had already made their move. And
0: yeah, because it was winning a lot already. Mm-hmm. But and I mean maybe maybe we'll see how the points fall out because like I could see You know, Oppenheimer walking away from SAG with only a win Mm -hmm. for Robert Downey Jr.
1: Well, and even with SAG,
0: BAFTA maybe spreading the love more than uh, the academy will. Yeah.
1: And even with SAG, it's just, you know, points are limited, right? So even if Oppenheimer wins, you know, it's something there. But like, yeah. So it's, there's a lot of ways that this can go. It's all going to be very exciting. I think if you sign up for, um, the league you'll get uh, on our newsletter distribution list. Now that the points are mostly in, there will definitely be points updates as we go along, but I'm going to be in a much more analytical mode. I think as we go on in terms of talking about the most, you know, high value drafted movies talking about, you know, uh, where certain rosters are. I'll get into talking about nerd shit. We love it. Nerd shit. Exactly. The podcasters league and whatnot. So uh, come, And uh, go go to vulture.com slash movies dash league, check where your roster sits, check where you sit in relation to your friends, um, uh, brag to them as is necessary. Currently in our little uh, group chat, Chris is in first place in the Podcaster League. I would be inclined
0: to brag if I felt like that would stay that way. It's not going to happen. Katie Rich is in
1: second place in the Podcasters League, and I sit in fourth. So what I'm saying is that uh, Everest episode was too powerful. And ultimately, (laughs) um, we really... (laughs) In our
0: Australian Patreon episode.
1: Too powerful. Altogether too powerful. Anyway.
0: Uh, All I'm saying is that Gary's, when Joe wins the podcaster ranking, you need to all... Tweeted him all caps rigged
1: because uh, last refuge that, i think
0: you my friend are going to lead
1: the podcasters uh loser behavior is what i'll say to that is uh <laughs> that, that's big 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 time loser behavior um no if i win the pause if i win the podcasters league after winning the vulture staff league last year i maybe um should be forced to go non-public rig tina this time uh, uh r- rigamorous, as they say, Morris has been, uh, uh, has been up to his tricks. Okay, Chris, class of twenty twenty three.
0: It's the class of twenty twenty three. As a r- refresher for listeners, we're gonna break these down into some fun categories. What you'll find this year for the class of twenty twenty three, we're giving it a little facelift, a little uh refresh. Yeah. Uh, the class episodes are not on Ozempic, but they have been touched by an angel. Uh,
1: You've been touched by an we... angel, girl. That's my favorite line from Bring It On. I love
0: her so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like, we th- we think moving forward with these, the categories will be somewhat vibes-based. You know, categories will just refresh every year. Maybe they'll be similar but slightly different to past categories. Uh, just Much like Michelle for the Pfeiffer,
1: they will have such... Gradual alterations throughout the years that you will never, uh, you'll never know quite exactly how uh, touched up they've been. Is that a, is that a good is that a good comparison?
0: I was gonna say much like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, these categories are coming into your home unannounced with a bright green bra and making lemonade.
1: What is that from?
0: How. Gary. Is that a hairspray
1: reference? When it's she's a mother reference. Oh, oh, a bright green bra. I never think about that as her character and mother. It's all about the hair and the face. For when me. they're doing laundry, she like. No, has a I know what you mean bra. now. Yes, yes, yes. No, for me, it's always that intense look in her eyes. Incredible uh, performance. Uh, all right, maybe I need to watch Mother again. Um, so,
0: listeners, you might have some fun new categories. You might have the same categories with a little twist yeah uh, and then you know, it's all leading up to what we think the valedictorian of the class of 2023 is the movie that we should
1: first we should break the seal do there. an episode. Yes.
0: Joe, why don't you kick us off?
1: Yeah, just to sort of uh, set the stage, we tallied between Chris and I upwards of 35-ish movies that we're gonna talk about here. um, all movies that at some point in some way or another, had some degree of Oscar buzz and ended up with zero nominations. So, the very first category is what we're calling the Parasite Basement Prize. For most surprising... In this case, most surprising snub, even though Chris says most we're not surprising using
0: member of this class,
1: most surprising member of the class of 2023. Surprise, we're most surprised that they are here at all. So, mm-hmm. uh,
0: that it exists, that it is, uh, yeah. you know, part yeah. of the
1: narrative. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think my pick for this one, in terms of a movie that up until Oscar nomination morning, I was pretty certain would show up somewhere on the ballot, and I'm kind of. A surprise to see it here at all is Ferrari, actually. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Mance Ferrari. Um, I know supporting actress was very competitive and ultimately it was America Ferreira who got the most surprising nomination. I thought Penelope Cruz was in the conversation right up there until the end. As I've mentioned on a re- previous episode, I got much more bullish on her chances once I saw the movie and I saw she's fucking tremendous in that, which... incredible. Um perhaps maybe led me astray a little bit, but she did get that SAG nomination.
0: And ba- not BAFTA or BAFTA? I thought mm. she was... Mm. I thought there was something else, but maybe not.
1: I don't know. This is... I have too many lists swirling around in my head. Also, I've been <laughs> sick all week. Um. No, I think, besides Penelope Cruz, there were a few places on the short lists, I believe, that it ended up, uh, specifically in sound. I think normally makeup. the sound uh, branch likes them some vroom vroom and didn't they nominate Ford versus Ferrari in that category if I'm not mistaken?
0: Uh correct. Did Ford versus
1: Ferrari win
0: that sound? Hold Oscar? on.
1: I don't think Ford versus Ferrari has an Oscar win to its credit but give me It one. won editing. Did it win? It definitely won editing. That's so weird and dumb. Stupid. I'm sorry.
0: Give it to Parasite. Sorry. I, well,
1: also, like, wasn't that the same year as 1917, which had its weird like, single-take uh, fakiness or whatever? Wait.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Ford wait.
1: versus Ferrari won one. It won sound editing, which was the last year that sound and sound editing were different. So it was nominated for both. It won sound editing. So now the categories are combined. No, it won
0: editing too. I was right.
1: Craziness. Was nineteen seventeen even nominated?
0: I'm sure it was. Hold on.
1: Or was that the one thing where they're like, you didn't edit it at all? Even though they definitely did.
0: Uh why can't why is this category buried at the bottom? Uh I don't
1: know. I don't know. Anyway. 1917
0: was not nominated in that category. Yeah. The have, other nominees were The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Obviously, they should be giving it to either The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit. Parasite.
1: Jojo Rabbit. Like, I'm, I am far from that movie's biggest hater. I think that movie is all right. And I think I definitely don't despise that movie the way some people do. But an editing nomination is a bridge too far. I'm very sorry.
0: All right. They should have given a nomination there to... Um, Nope, thinking of the wrong year. <laughs> thinking of the wrong year. Thinking of the wrong year. I won't make you say it. Okay, anyway. I though. was thinking of a Star is born because I don't think a Star is born got an editing nomination, and like they should have gotten an editing nomination for just making the audience believe that various New York, New Jersey, and Los Angeles locations are all
1: in the same city. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um Ferrari was also on the short list for makeup and hairstyling. I'm less surprised that it didn't make it in there. But like this is a movie with some impeccable aesthetics, plus one really great supporting actress performance. And it just seemed like a movie that would pull one nomination. I think it's also, this can be where we once again bitch about how the Oscars-Crafts categories are just narrowing uh, in these later years in a way that is a bummer. What did I write? I I did the... um. So, I did an article for Vanity Fair this year where I did uh, sort of a by the numbers reaction to the Oscars, different facts and figures, whatever. Um, since this is a bugaboo of mine, I made sure to tally it up. And only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies that were not nominated for Best Picture ended up in crafts categories that were not visual effects or song. I think we can accept that, like, song and visual effects are two categories that uh we can sort of you know expect to be
0: common commonly yeah. placing movies that are not yeah. the best
1: picture but in all of I those would, other crafts. Sometimes craft you categories. could even
0: argue sound. Sound in recent years has moved more towards best picture. Yes it has. But like this year <laughs> anyway, keep going.
1: But anyway, so only Napoleon, Golda, Society of the Snow, El Conde, The Creator, Mission Impossible, and Indiana Jones were crafts nominees that were not Best Picture nominees. In addition to that, only one of the ten screenplay nomination, nominees were uh, not Best Picture nominees. That was May-December. Only four acting nominees, representing three films, were nominated outside of the Best Picture 10. That's Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Annette and Jody for Nyad, and Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. It is a thing that continues to bug me and it is a thing where in relation to ferrari it's like ferrari is not my favorite movie of the year ferrari is a good movie and ferrari is a movie that has the kinds of craft achievements that you would want it to be a nominee somewhere you want more of those movies to make it onto into these categories and i just I don't like this narrowing down. What it says to me is that Oscar voters are seeing fewer movies, which I don't mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. I don't like that trend. I don't like it at all, Chris. Hate it. So, um, anyway, that's my little bugaboo about that. That's my Friday. What is your choice for um, the uh, the Parasite the most... Basement Prize?
0: <laughs> most surprising. Uh I mean, there's several things that I could say here, and I could go on a couple different tracks. And I know I've had some comments about this movie. It's like, if it doesn't show up, it's because X that, like, I still think are true, but at the end of the day, when we're talking about the movie itself, it is really surprising that the taste of things didn't show up in International. There was, like, as I've been saying all season, There were like, a whole postmortems IFC, about this, and yeah. There's some, like... Uh, you know, IFC doesn't really have the money or the track record with Oscar. Um, Whereas like if focus had released this movie, I think it would, have. you know, she would have had more of a footprint. Like at one point we were talking about Juliette Binoche being an acting nominee. Uh, Uh, I think, you know, if this had been, uh, more of a player, you know, maybe it could have been like a production design type of nominee. um, And I think when you just see this movie, you know that it's going to register with a very prevalent type of Academy member, that it is very surprising that it ultimately didn't make it. And for, like, there's always some type of—I say this for this movie, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but I mean it in a derogatory way about other movies—you know— heartwarming or somewhat sappy, yeah. crowd-pleasing yeah. type of movie in the international category. And it's like, oh, but The Taste of Things appeals to that, but it's good.
1: There was that article that was talking about, like, inside the French National, mm-hmm. you know, committee or whatever. In sort There of- was
0: a whole, like, kind of whisper campaign against Taste of Things as, like, Reactionary because France didn't submit Anatomy of a Fall. Right. I would argue. I understand the logic in submitting The Taste of Things over Anatomy of a Fall because Anatomy of a Fall just got five Oscar nominations. You know, Anatomy of yeah. a Fall was probably bound to do well. Plus, and it would still you be like risky The Taste in of Things category. better than
1: Anatomy of a Fall anyway. So, I mean, you know. So the, it,
0: it, but also like Anatomy of a Fall is still probably gonna win an original screenplay Oscar.
1: You're more like, certain of that than I am, but I don't think it's certainly I don't think, think it's out of the question. Pretty
0: strongly. I mean, I think that's a very popular movie. That's probably
1: the only category it can win. Okay, sidebar? And I think people that
0: love that movie are gonna vote for it in that category.
1: True two-minute sidebar, because this is ultimately just a thing of like you and I approach things differently. <laughs> I think you and I disagree on how much people on an individual level filling out their ballots pay attention to things like spreading the well.
0: I don't think people approach—it's not that they approach their ballot like, I have to vote for this here, I have to vote for this here. Like, you know, I don't think any individual person is approaching it that way. But I do think that people who, for example, love Anatomy of a Fall are going to make
1: sure— that it wins something. That they want it to win something. That makes and sense.
0: it ends up metastasizing somewhere.
1: And I, I just generally, was... as the years go by, I come to more and more of a realization that, like, we care about this so much more than most people who than have the Than the Oscar average person. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Unless you're Francis Fisher, who maybe cares about this more than any of us. We'll talk about it. into it. We'll talk um, about it. Okay, so uh, before we get back onto it, if it's not Anatomy of a Fall in that category, what what do you think it is?
1: I think there's so much love for The Holdovers. I, I'm i backing away a little bit from my Holdovers Could Win Best Picture thing, even though if it happens, I'm not going to be so shocked. But...
0: I feel exactly the same
1: way. I think even with Giamatti and Divine Joy Randolph, Divine Joy Randolph, uh, rather, uh, on track to win two acting awards, I think ultimately that just shows how much people love this movie. And I think with May December obviously Oscar voters have not have shown that they don't love that movie as much same with Past Lives um Maestro screenplay is a weird place to reward Maestro if you're going to reward Maestro I didn't Maestro. think it was
0: going to get it too because I'm like who's talking about that screenplay
1: I don't like that nomination I have to say um so I think it comes down to Anatomy of a Fall and the holdovers and I'm I could see a world in which Anatomy fall, especially because Justine Trier is nominated for the screenplay, along with Arthur Harari. Um, so you would be giving it an award that goes to Justin Trier, whereas Holdovers is written by David Hemmingson. so it's not an award that will go to Alexander Payne for, you know, you know, it's not a it's not a de facto directing award. Do you know what I mean?
0: It's definitely between those two movies, but I I feel like Anatomy of a Fall is not leaving the Oscars
1: empty, completely empty handed. All right. What's our next category, Chris? All
0: right. So, next we are giving out the Reservation Road Most Forgettable Participation Trophy to the movie that we completely (laughs) forgot about was once originally pushed for Oscars. We showed up to this graduation ceremony and we forgot to even put a chair for them. Yeah. We had to go find a chair. For the recipient of the Reservation Road Most Forgettable Participation Trophy.
1: All right, who's getting it, Chris?
0: Again, like all categories, I'm of multiple minds. Um, But the one that I'm going to call out is Freud's Last Session, starring Anthony Hopkins, ah. where... I think this movie received multiple announcements of like, we're releasing this movie! Yes, I got a lot of emails about Freud's last session. Maybe a year ago, and then there was one maybe during the fall festival season where it's just like, Freud's last session, coming at Christmas, guys. And then a few months later, Freud's last session, coming at Christmas, guys. And it's because they didn't, partly because they didn't play it at the fall festivals, but then they Pro- the world premiere it at AFI, not even a gala. It sounds like some weird stuff was going on with AFI this year, and that like the screenings weren't even full, et cetera. Oh dear. And like, I mean, maybe on a certain level, Sony Classics saw the writing on the wall for this movie because the movie's pretty bad. But is it?
1: I still haven't seen it. Is it bad?
0: It's not worth your. I mean, like, we'll probably do an episode on it eventually. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you to watch this twice, like right. I'm going to have to. But you know nobody was talking about it because nobody saw it. Yeah, and it's not very good. The Hopkins isn't doing really much that would have resulted in a nomination anyway. Yeah, even in a less competitive year. Yeah, um, as this proved to be. So that is my pick for most forgettable.
1: Uh, what are your rudders up? Uh, did we mention runners-up in the most surprising category? I don't think I did. don't have any, so Ferrari was my only choice. Oh. What were oh, your okay. runners-up in, in most surprising?
0: Um, I mean, Asteroid City. That's a whole long conversation and that I'm sure we'll get to. Yes. And um, call me Delulu, or delusion defense, uh, as we said earlier today. The,
1: the delusion defense. Maybe
0: I just want to believe... But I did actually think Origin was going to get a Best Picture nomination. I predicted yeah. it.
1: I predicted Frances it. Francis Fisher. Okay. Do we have the conversation here, then? Let's have the conversation. No, 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 no. no okay, no. we'll have it so We'll
0: have the conversation eventually. Okay, okay. Um, my other uh, things I would have thrown out for Most Forgettable uh, were Fingernails, a movie that seemed to merit absolutely no discussion or response, even... I mean, somewhat at its festivals. More people responded to, about it at Telluride than they did in Toronto. But, like, after Toronto happened, no one talked about that movie? Yeah. Um. And then Next Goal wins. Um, you know, it, COVID is still around, but is the pandemic over? Yes, because Next Goal wins, which was supposed to come out. Yep. Which was, like, entirely shot. It's the last movie shot before COVID to be released. There will be and- people...
1: I, your your runners up are the exact same too as my runners up are fingernails and oh, next dude. goal wins. I saw fingernails at TIFF. I I forgot about it, it almost immediately. Um, next goal wins is going to be one of those movies that people try and convince you never had Oscar buzz because people are going to.
0: It had Oscar buzz for years, literal years. It because also they wouldn't really. It had it. Oscar
1: buzz as recently as September. There was when that trailer came out. I know there were people who were like this looks like one of those bullshitty heartwarming movies that's going to get people to vote for it for awards. Um so I that it definitely happened. My choice and I don't like I I don't like to uh to dump on the failure of artists that I like like uh
0: I know what you I know where you're going with this. It's
1: Lee. It's it's
0: Oh, okay. Does Lee count because Lee didn't come out this year?
1: Did it not? I thought it had a I no. thought it had a cursory release. Okay, well then I'm taking It doesn't Lee have off.
0: a US distributor
1: still. I thought it had a cursory release from something. Okay, then I'm going to take Lee off. Lee will count for next year. Um don't don't worry, we'll get to Lee next year then. Okay. Um then yeah, yeah then my choice is next call wins because I do feel like there's going to be a narrative that settles in when we select that movie to do for our uh, episode and there're going to be people who are going to be like that never had Oscar buzz, and I'll be like, you are a liar, or else you don't yeah. know. So, um, what did you think I was going to say?
0: I thought you were going to say "foe,"
1: because I, I still almost put "foe." I still haven't seen "foe," so um, that feels "foe." Also,
0: I feel like the negative reaction makes it more relief. memorable.
1: I think it was so; people got so mad at it. And I don't know why. Still, I got to see it.
0: Well, no, because everybody. I haven't seen it either. And like, I, at this point, I'm waiting for when we talk about it because uh-huh. you know that was the movie that I kept seeing half star logs yes. on Letterbox. Yes. And like one star logs. I was like, how bad could it? You do not understand average or
1: boring. You do not understand the pieces of shit movies that I've given two and a half stars to on Letterboxd just because I'm like, well, there's something good in it. You know what I mean? Where like I am maybe that's just my, you know, my grading policy. Come sign up for my class because I will be a soft grader. But like um,
0: well, to a certain degree, you can't just judge a star rating on its face because everyone has a different philosophy. Exactly, exactly. All right. But, like, uh, uh, you uh, you kept seeing that for that movie, and every time I saw someone log in, I was like, okay, so, and they're like, nope, it's that bad. It's that bad.
1: I so, just... I mean, we'll talk about it. Watching the trailer and seeing who's involved in it, it's not that I think people are lying. It's not that I think people are being untruthful. I just I don't have it in my head as to what is so bad about it. So I'm very curious to see.
0: I am not spoiled on the movie, but I gather that it's the type of thing. Is it that just
1: that it's boring?
0: The twist is so stupid, okay. but also very predictable. But not fun. Like, like, like I like that. I'm a
1: secret honeybee. Right. Okay.
0: Joe, what's next?
1: Alright. Uh the You're so foolish. Uh Chris named this one the Akiria C. Davenport Prize for Deserved Better. Now listen. She
0: deserves better. She deserved better.
1: I am not an anti Akiria C. Davenport person. But Acuria also declined to participate in the uh what the fuck was that called? Lip the the lip sync Lala or extravaganza whatever extravaganza something whatever the tournament the this the the single episode tournament that that Silky uh, ran the table on until she didn't um which led to one of the most memorable parts of that episode which was Silky lip syncing against herself but like Akiria, like just trot your ass out there and do it I
0: under- thing. I somewhat understand it because like they were just not on her wavelength because I especially think in her All Star season. Especially her runways. They were not giving her credit for Jack shit. And she she had some incredible looks.
1: Here's my thing. And I
0: also just recently rewatched that season and I was like, Kiri is even better than we remember.
1: Here's my thing with All-Star Seasons. And this is why I have a little I have a little less patience for people on All-Star Seasons. And again, find me the evidence where I am. Giving too much credit for somebody on all, I, I I violate my own rules, but you're all everybody on an All Star season is there because they really like them and is there because they have in the past enchanted these judges in some way or another. In an All Star season, they have enough storyline, like positive storyline, for maybe four of you, and so. If you are not one of those four, they are going to not make as big of a deal when you do well, and to make a bigger deal of when you do not do not well. And that is just how a television show, especially that television show, works. So at some point, you're going to have to be good with that before you walk in the door, or else you are just doing the thing where I walk in and I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to win. And any result short of that is injustice. And I just don't agree with that. So
0: I don't. I... I don't know if that's a generous reading on her specifically on All-Stars, because you have to think of that whole cast. Um... And like, there's great people in that cast. There were people that I really rooted for, and then there were people like I was like, "Oh."
1: I thought that was a really good. I think that cast performed very well. I think in general across that season.
0: Anyway, 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 anyway. Yes, the prize. We already said we can't talk about drag race. We're going to go five we fucking talking hours about years. If we do this. Old yeah, we got to stop. Race. We got to
1: stop. All right, the yeah, Curiosity Davenport Prize for deserved better, according to Chris. Um... Uh, my God, I have such a list. Better. My list for this is she the longest better. list that I have. I have the most yeah, I feel like this
0: up. is where we would be like, and here's our scroll,
1: honestly, yes, so if I were to pick one movie that deserved better from all of this, and with the caveat that I think this is an uncommonly great Oscar ballot. I think this is a very good top to bottom Oscar lineup. There are very few Booger categories, if any. Um, I don't want to overlap with you, so I'm going to say, because I think <laughs> I know what you're going to say, and you're right. Um, it's all of us strangers for me, and I know that like I love this movie more than you do, but and I with need to see it again. Being, I think it's good. I need to see it again because now I'm worried that like. I overrated it, but I really don't think so. I've I've done my Gen X spiel on this movie on this podcast before, right? Yes. Yes. So I won't rehatch it again, except to say that like the fact that this movie speaks especially to Gen X gays is a thing that is being discounted by millennial and Gen Z gays. And I don't like Gen Z gays aren't seeing this movie. Gen Z gays don't see movies. Um they just hear about them <laughs> on Twitter and complain about them. Um it's being discounted by millennial gays in a way that I find condescending. Um, but it's a really lovely movie. Andrew Haig, who I've discovered now through the roundtables, is pronounced Hague, and uh, like like the Hague rather than Hay, Like hey, send him to the Hague. Um, what um,
0: what actor do we want to send to the Hague? And by me, by that I mean, do we want to see in an Andrew Hague movie?
1: <laughs> oh God, um, that's an excellent question. It does feel like it's surprising that Ben Wishaw has not been in an Andrew Hague movie already.
0: That's the perfect—I think that's a perfect answer. I didn't have it, but I'm just going to piggyback off of it.
1: I also would love to see him direct James McAvoy in something.
0: I don't think that this movie—even though this is not on my picks for this category, I don't think you're wrong, because as much as things kind of narrowed down just to Andrew Scott,
1: there were multiple avenues to recognize this movie— you know, I'm not the biggest Claire Foy fan, although do you know what I watched recently that I thought she was tremendous in? Was and nobody watched this. Um, speaking of of, of Ben Wishaw, remember that show, the, A Very English scandal that he did? And then they My did husband the husband watched that show. The follow-up to that was a very British scandal with Paul Bettany and Claire Foy. She's so fun in that. She's like yeah, she's, she's cool. really good. Anyway,
0: um I would like to see her have some fun.
1: Yeah, she does not have a ton of fun in all of strangers, but I think she's very good. I think Jamie Bell is very good. I think Paul Meskel... I think there was a reticence to like get on the Paul Mescal train again this year because we had done that last year so much with his with some similar vibes, right? In that like it's a it's dealing with memory and regret and After the queerness of Aftersun was so funny because I look back at Aftersun and I'm like that's a queer movie. And textually is definitely not and then i look at it's that definitely a queer kid though i guess i'm ter- thinking mostly of his character you're right so it is a queer movie limer's right okay here we go um i just think of his character i'm like yeah well he's obviously like bisexual and there's nothing in the text that actually says that <laughs> anyway um
0: plausible bisexual my plausible favorite bisexual. uh subcategory but
1: anyway i just yeah i think that whole cast is fantastic I think, not having read the book, but like even just like hearing what I've heard from the book, I think it's a very interesting adaptation by Andrew Haig. I think he directs it incredibly well. I think there are, you know, elements to that movie. Like that's that's never a movie that's going to like show up in crafts categories anyway at the Oscars. But I don't I don't boil it just down to Andrew Scott, although I would have nominated him. And I have to say. Having Andrew Scott do the Oscar campaign run this year was very rewarding and very fun. I (laughs) thought he was a great participant. I thought the actors' roundtable was the best it's ever been this year, and it's because they put two gay men out on that on that panel between him and Coleman Domingo. Um, I've also had my like Robert Downey Jr. card renewed this year, where like I'm very much kind of enchanted by him again in a way that i haven't been in over a decade um love that actors round table anyway um i'll get into my runners-up after you pick your number one but what's your number one deserved better
0: so also considering that there are movies that i feel like we'll talk we'll be able to talk about elsewhere um slash you know kind of a draw on some movies where i'm going to choose to talk about them uh i think i mean like it being me you know, I also find that every year there's always movies that get put into a lane, and I'm like, "But there's so much more mm-hmm. that's good about this thing that you could be talking about it in many different avenues of its greatness and for me, my answer to what movie deserved better it's a thousand and one granted, you know, did this movie show up where we probably expected to where the movie where people decided the lane for this movie was? sure because you know it was recognized at gothams it was recognized by indie spirits mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. won the grand jury prize somewhat mm-hmm. at, at the time it was kind of surprising to people yes yeah. uh, at sundance and i mean like the score of this movie should have been recognized obviously tiana taylor uh i mean it's a beautifully shot movie i would also add that like Every year, every year, it feels like we are just anointing one breakthrough director, and that's all the space that we make. And while I'm not necessarily saying it should just be A.V. Rockwell over Celine Song, I think there's a lot of people who made great breakthroughs this year. Uh, D. Smith with Kokomo City... Uh, you know there never seems to be room for any more than one person for breakthrough directing which is why I was so happy A.V. Rockwell won at Gotham's and
1: this is why I am very I think... much in favor always of publishing runners up at critics awards because less so for like the major awards less so for who finished second place in actor or actress although you know I want to know but um for things like breakthrough for things like you know, first-time director or whatever, to allow more names to be out there in that conversation for that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then, like, this is also saying deserved better across the whole season, not just with Oscar for me, for this movie. Like, Tiana Taylor absolutely should have gotten more mentions than she did. Uh, Listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. Uh, But yeah, go watch this movie.
1: I thought you were going to say Asteroid City, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure.
0: Again, the caveat being I think we'll have other places to talk about other movies, but it was in my runners-up. Uh because that... again, for Asteroid City, there's a lot of avenues to recognize that movie for. Yeah. Granted, there's maybe too many avenues to recognize that movie for and no one ever really Yeah. Maybe that's a movie that might have done better if people had picked a lane like uh it it did feel for a second like Asteroid City was going to pull a Hail Caesar. Sure. and get a production design nomination Sure. but you know i have my other uh, my other runner-up for this which maybe i'll be able to talk to about
1: later or not um is eileen i have maybe Eileen. That
0: only queer people seem to like
1: i have eileen in in a, in a future one so maybe we can talk about that one there a couple oh, great. that i don't necessarily have in future uh categories um David Fincher is the killer, which I know you agree with me. You you love it even more than I do. I feel like we'll get into it. Um, all right. Well, then we'll get into that. Uh, and then the Iron Iron Claw, which I think in general, um, we'll get into it. All right. Okay. Then moving right along. Next one uh, is oh, this is, yeah,
0: Which I have dubbed the Noah Holly Prize for did not deserve better. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that we are maybe happy to see get no Oscar nominations right. or thought it got too much throughout the season. Yeah. What's yours? This is really hard because I do have a few that I'm just like, you know what, honestly, great.
1: Um, I have very few, actually. This is like the... the. I think anything beyond my like one or two that I'm going to say would feel like I'm punching down, and I don't want to... uh punch down too far on like fingernails, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah
0: sure, 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 yeah, Fingernails is a movie produced by Apple, like you're not punching down on that movie, like we- it still exists on their platform, i uh okay, then i'm gonna I'm gonna go for the one where I get to really stand in my truth as someone who is gonna just be a jerk about this movie, oh God, and I think it got too much as it is. And just say, I feel like I am on an island when I see people call BlackBerry one of the best movies of the year.
1: BlackBerry didn't get very much, Chris. I gotta tell you. BlackBerry
0: got recognized for Glenn Howerton several times for a performance that is not very good, in my opinion, for a movie that's pretty basic and a retreat of a lot of other much better movies.
1: What are the better movies, To me, particularly well made. I think it's the best of that crop of movies from this last couple years. From that, like, we're going to talk about a product that got made. I just watched Flame and Hot last night, and, like, Blackberry is a more interesting movie than Flamin' Hot. Although Flaming Hot is kind of charming. Um,
0: Flamin' Hot at least seems like it would be fun. This, this is a very... I
1: thought Blackberry was fun,
0: actually. Uninterrogative. Not, I don't, like, really no control of it over its tone. And I think Glenn Howerton is truly just yelling. I, I'm sorry to not really have a nuanced take about Blackberry, but I don't have one. I don't think it's very good.
1: In terms of-
0: And every time someone was saying Glenn Howerton could get nominated for an Oscar, I wanted to yell in the middle of the street.
1: I did think he was really funny. In terms of performances that are just yelling, I would prefer that got an Oscar nomination over- Uh, Mark Wahlberg in *The Departed*, which I think is the uh, Nay Plus Ultra of uh. Well, he's not not just yelling; he's just saying "fuck." (laughs) Well, right, but it's still it's the same. You know what I mean? It's the same impulse. You know what I mean? Um,
0: Sure, 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 sure.
1: I did like Glenn Howerton in that. I have to say, it also um made me multiple times look up video that video clip from *It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia* of him doing his CCH Pounder impersonation, which is. And then, like, side-by-side side with the scene that he's parodying, okay. which is... Let's see. God,
0: damn, God What other errands do you have us running for the DA? What other errands do you have us running for the DA?
1: Very funny, and, like, surprisingly uh, accurate. Um, Yeah, I didn't... wasn't my favorite movie. I don't think I'd have... No, I wouldn't have nominated uh, Glenn Harton. I actually thought Jay Baruchel was the performance in that movie that I liked the best. Jay Baruchel, who is um
0: punching above his weight in that movie, I'm sorry.
1: Jay I, I, I disagree. Um
0: I want to defend Jay Baruchel, but I don't know if he has that in
1: it. Jay Baruchel should be getting some of the roles that Michael Sarah is getting, which is not to say that Michael Sarah is bad. I'm just saying that like he can do Listen, that. Listen, there
0: too. is only one Alan and Jerry Michael
1: Sarah is a national institution, and I love him. Okay, I like Michael Sarah in a lot of things. One of them is in Barbie. I think he is
0: my most millennial opinion is loving Michael Sarah.
1: Yeah. Listen, we're going to be talking about Molly's Game soon. We'll be talking about Michael Sarah. Trust. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. What's your choice. My choice is obvious, and to the point where I like don't want to talk about it anymore because I do seem like a jerk, and I know a lot of people really like this movie. Um. Although I don't feel it's too bad because it's not like... This is
0: the category where we stand in being a jerk, though. I yeah. I think it's fine.
1: Well, and I've talked about it before. I think Air fucking sucks. I think Thank Air you. sucks so bad. I am not...
0: Air also did fine. Air got Golden Globe nominations and AARP yeah. movie for grown-up nominations. Yeah. The exact nominations yeah. that it did, like, yeah. that, it was, that it could get. Like, Air got... More than it deserves, I will
1: admit that I am not in the top percentile of people who love Ben Affleck. There are people out there who like really love Ben Affleck, especially now that he's married j Lo. There are people out there who are cynical as you please and are all in on the Affleck thing, and like i God bless you, there are people that i you know that I love and 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 love their opinions. I am less enthused than that, but like I am willing to get on board with Affleck on things when I love him, like Gone Girl. Or, like, The Last Duel, which I think he's very good in. I like Argo. I think that's a finely directed movie. I like Gone Baby Gone. I am not a knee-jerk Ben Affleck hater. I wanted—Air seemed like the perfect movie for me, who am both, like, a movie gay and sportsy, you know what I mean? Like, I should absolutely be on board for this. This movie fucking blows.
0: It, I'm surprised th- that you default to the Ben Affleck thing because that's a movie I forget that he directed and he's not in it that much. That I'm like, why is that the? First he is
1: movie? the funniest part about blows? it. Like, Messina, Chris Messina is also giving a uh, doing nothing but yelling, and like, I'm never gonna not like Chris Messina. But like, there's so much milk toast Matt Damon shit in this movie. There's this is the movie that if people got so hung up on Barbie being um a pro a commercial for a product and yet and i like the people who were saying that about barbie fully didn't watch air so like that's fine um <laughs> so like i'm not yelling at the same people but like air i mean you talk about blackberry being uncritical like air is a full on just sort of like puff piece about nike and phil knight and whatever i i i think the, the needle drops are embarrassing
0: Embarrassing, embarrassing, capital E. Embarrassing.
1: I was I was frustrated by this movie more than I wanted to be. Again, I was really expecting a good, fun time, and I found uh, uh, not that. I think it was. I thought it was obnoxious. I think Jason Bateman's sleepwalking his way through it. I, I, I think it just felt like the 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 air had the air of, you know, they were all just sort of like hanging out over the weekend and decided to make a movie. Well, Fucking Air Jordans, and um, I, uh, I hated it. My runner-up is um, movie. I was surprised that I didn't like as much as I didn't like it. Uh, dream Scenario, which I found tedious. Hated. Tedious. Interesting hated idea that like did. really putters out into nothing.
0: Not even just putters out into nothing. Like that movie really drops its own ball. Even though I think it really doesn't understand yeah. the way that like it, I don't know I don't necessarily want to get I thought that was one of the worst movies I saw this year I will say yeah Um. but even I think as a Nicolas Cage performance like that movie didn't deserve recognition it's not he's not on the level of he is in like pig
1: no he's tremendous know. in pig
0: it's not a particular i did not find it to be a particularly special Nicolas cage performance i
1: agree i agree with that
0: and it ultimately ended up being a movie about nothing because it has no courage of its convictions even if i really yeah. disagreed with what the convictions it initially has yeah did you j- talk about a movie where michael that movie didn't deserve michael serra because
1: <laughs> uh, yeah wow yeah i totally the michael about Sarah
0: that. stuff in that movie that movie really thinks that stuff is funny and it's just
1: uh what were your runners up for this
0: i would also uh i mean i saw some people really kind of take it in and i was like no this is correct that wish didn't get an animated nomination or uh Best original song introduce me to the that people who liked is, wish
1: and they'll be the first people i've seen who have liked wish like
0: i was actually shocked at how bad that movie was yeah um i'm still kind of because like you believe at least the disney machine of things that there is just a f- ironclad formula that they follow that will make anything they put out passable mm-hmm. yeah passable at worst And I don't know how Wish happened. Um, I watched
1: the trailer, and I'm like, okay, like, C-, minus, but, like, how bad could it be? You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: It's pretty bad. And then also... Don't know when I'll watch it now,
1: now that it's not nominated. I was sort of waiting for it to get nominated in something, song or something. (laughs) Can we talk for half a second, my observation about Best Song? The fact that, like, we had on the long list for Song, um, a, uh musical adaptation of a popular Broadway musical um a John Carney uh, you know acoustic guitar strummy strummy movie um a uh popular animated movie a popular documentary and um and not even on the short list a musical, even though it tried to hide the fact that it was a musical, that is like in the top ten of the yearly box office. And none of them got nominated for best original song. (laughs) Is and all of them got beat out by um like
0: Song No one's ever heard from a documentary and a Diane Warren song.
1: (laughs) Well and but I mean song no one's ever heard from from a documentary is like that's a that's a slot that's that's gonna go uh Forever and ever. A Diane Warren song, a surprise song from Kills of the Flower Moon, although at some point I mentioned somewhere. That, like, watch out for that Killers of the Flower Moon song, but anyway, yeah, 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 it's just surprising to me. And maybe it's just me b- boiling it down to the fact that like something from Wonka should have been nominated and that wasn't even on the short list. It's surprising to me.
0: I think that there's just like an evenness to those songs, like that song needed like one song to get punched up a little bit. I think so, it
1: has uh, that song. I think A World of Our Own is that song. I think there have been far worse don't cringe at me when i say that there have been far worse we got a
0: category coming up it's fine,
1: it's fine. Ugh. Ugh. okay Move
0: on. uh my other one was dumb money which i feel like because it played toronto people initially were like looking at that yeah. movie in that way and i'm like i don't know guys and then i saw the movie and i was like this is awful um
1: that movie would be 60 percent better if they cut the pete davidson character entirely is what i will say i agree
0: I agree. It's a shame because Paul Dano's so good in the movie, and, like, yeah. it was great to see him, like, get a starring role, and, like, anything that's good about that movie is thanks to him, but, like... It's funny
1: that America Ferrera in that movie... could
0: be more basic for what it is. Like, it's even more basic than Air was in what it was talking
1: about. America Ferreira in that movie essentially gives the Barbie feminism speech, but about regular people in the stock market. Like, it's really, really funny that, like, this was the year... That America Ferreira just like spoke the concerns of people about grand societal problems.
0: I, I should add her to the consideration for the movie because I do think that she's at least watchable in the way that some of the... Sure, she just are. gets also, a the lot other of The good like, thing really about annoying. that movie is surprise Dane De <laughs> Because surprise like Dane, Dane DeHaan's, DeHaan's just funny. in a mask the whole time, so you don't know it's Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan! And then when he moves his mouth, it uh, moves his mask. I literally get Between
1: that and Oppenheimer, this was a good year for the DeHaan and Naders. What are we calling ourselves? The I mean there's three of us. Weird be weird day. gays who love Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Okay. Um the next prize is the um I wanted to to read We're going to
0: move out of the corner of us being mean this. Episode. Yeah,
1: this is the widows memorial. Didn't we almost have it all prize? Uh uh
0: Didn't we almost have it all speaking of which? Yes. Joe uh whipped up a little class of 2023 video. I was maybe up which... until
1: three in the morning last night finishing a class a class of 2023 video that I had the idea to make at like 9 30 in the evening. Like, I really just like this was on a whim, folks. um A little hyper
0: fixation.
1: But I couldn't get it out of my head. And then I was like, oh, let's do an in memoriam reel. And um so I did an in memoriam reel and I left it for Chris in his inbox this morning, like it was Christmas morning. It's fun. It's silly. It's silly, but it's fun.
0: I will say the Ketchup Entertainment logo <laughs> showing up in there. Jump scare. I just want to say, the
1: existence
0: of ketchup entertainment (laughs) implies the existence of mustard entertainment of a ketchup entertainer
1: oh I see okay
0: ketchup entertainment I can't I can't memory is a movie that didn't really happen which
1: I will tell you this I
0: thought was people valiantly Doing their best to make a not good, not intentionally making a, a lot of good intentions, and I would say uh, narratively bad intentions went into oh. that movie. So I don't. Sounds really like you like have a take on memory. On. I don't really uh, see the point of dumping on that movie beyond the catch up entertainment of it
1: all. Truly. So what you're saying is you're hitting the bottle of you're hitting the bottom of the ketchup entertainment. Someone bottle. needs
0: to hit that bottle. Change your name.
1: No, change your name. All right. Um. Anyway, I will lead my uh. The didn't we almost have it all prize? This is for the movie that came closest to getting a nomination somewhere, which is to say, do we think any of these movies finished sixth place anywhere? So I talked about Ferrari a little bit before, Um. so we don't really need to do this. I was definitely of the opinion that Saltburn was going to end up on the ballot somewhere and really piss people off. And I do feel like there there's, did seem
0: like multiple avenues for that
1: to happen. I think original screenplay was probably the most likely, but like I would have, I would love to see how close Barry Keoghan, for example, got for best actor because he was kind of coming on strong as the season went along. Um, I bet
0: Roz Pike was the closest.
1: Supporting actress was Wild West though, like you. I she might have been. That's
0: why. That's why I think she was possibly the. She could
1: have been, or she could have been eleventh. You know, I'm what not I mean? saying
0: she was sixth place, but I'm right. saying like the range between sixth sure. and sure. eleventh yeah. even yeah, 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 might have yeah. been pretty close. Yeah.
1: Um, I have a feeling we're going to talk about origin in a second. So, um, I'm going to also say I'm. Well, I'll reflect what you said earlier, which is. I did really think the taste of things was going to get nominated, but like my 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 winner here is Origin, and if you also have that, then we can have that conversation. And if not, um, we'll still have that conversation because I wanna. Uh,
0: I really struggled to come up with a movie that we haven't talked about, so my my winner here is Ferrari.
1: Okay, yeah, there we go. Um,
0: and behind that, I would have Taste of Things and All of Us Strangers, and we,
1: yeah, okay. Talk about those, let's talk about Origin then, because that's my number one here. Um, okay. I think Francis Fisher has gone back to the war room and sort of, you know, ostentatiously wiped that whiteboard clean. And we're starting back from brass tacks. It is, well, so this is the gaggiest thing is that, like, again, I need to know how close things came. I need to know because it did (laughs) not seem like we just sort of like, Got hysterical for a moment, but it's easy to see that because it didn't pan out. Um, we've talked. If I am
0: Francis Fisher's campaign strategist, I am telling her next time to truly pick. A category to be pushing for because origin people like this
1: was the problem
0: well what are they telling them to vote for and i think they were just like just vote for the movie and that's why i was predicting origin would get one nomination for best picture
1: certainly Um. seemed like more like you're right i think in the in the instagram posts and social media posts and whatnot there was less of a needle sharp uh pinpoint call to action of like now again the the academy put in some this rules. Is what she,
0: Francis Fisher got a phone call for because they're saying we only need this number of votes, which clearly was very effective. But
1: even still, I think you're right in that like they didn't seem to quite un- know whether they were pushing people to vote for it in Best Picture or Best Actress. And I think you're right that there is a lane that needs to get picked at a far earlier stage, but. Just the fact that like mobilization happened again is delightful to there me. There
0: needs to be major points awarded in the Movies Fantasy League moving forward.
1: <laughs> it's so subjective!
0: For any social media post that Francis Fisher makes about any movie.
1: I guess that's a way to be cut and dried about it. It's just, did Francis Fisher make an Instagram post about your movie? 15 points. Even
0: if she just makes a post about Anjanue Ellis Taylor in Origin, Origin gets those Yeah, points. oh yeah, absolutely. And they need to be a lot of points.
1: So the 1,000-point bonus, the, um... Yep, 1,000 points. I don't imagine you ever watched MTV's Rock and Jock anything when they did that on MTV. Um, on- Possible. Where they would do that like,
0: what Jesse, was it Jesse Camp?
1: No, this would have been like Dan Cortez uh, hosted MTV Sports back in the day, back in the 90s. Got it. And so every once in a while, once a year or so, they would do a rock and jock charity softball game, or a rock and jock charity basketball game, right? And it would be like salt and Pepper and, you know, um, Cindy Crawford, and, you know, um, Kennedy and Daisy Fuentes, and Anthony Kiedis, and you know what I mean, playing fucking softball or whatever. The one year it was like all three, Salt Peppa and Spinderella, were all playing second base. So like all three of them were in the same position. (laughs) Um, And so the Rock and Jock Basketball, they would do things like at a certain spot on the court, if you were standing in that circle and you got that shot, you got 10 points. Uh, And as the game got to its final minute, they would lower... The fifty-point basket, and it would be this like big basket that's like way taller than the hoop or whatever. And if anybody could make that shot, they would get fifty points. And so, that to me is what it sounds like when you're saying that like the Francis Fisher Instagram post is the fifty-point basket of of the, <laughs> the movie fantasy. League.
0: You know, if there weren't so many people that played in the league, I would say that no movie can have two votes.
1: That no movie can have what?
0: No movie can ha- no but no movie can be drafted more than once. So it's like if I draft Origin, no one else can draft Origin in this. But that's that's very complicated.
1: Well, then, you know, And
0: there's only so many. There's
1: only so many there. movies. You would only get to have so many players. Yeah, that's that's the that's the problem. Um but anyway, um What else is there to say on this? What else is the where 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 are we on Origin? I am I I will say this. I am a little sad that Origin didn't get nominated because I would have loved a broader and more far-reaching conversation in that on that movie because I do think it is fascinating and the few reviews and responses and and letterbox reviews the 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 really the ones that really considered it and you know the those responses were kind of all over the spectrum Mm -hmm. in a way there were
0: smart people across the board on this movie and
1: not and not just like this is my defense of origin or this is my takedown of origin it was like a lot of real nuanced conversation a lot of conversation that like respected what Ava DuVernay was doing but was still critical of it a lot of people who were more supportive of it in a way that I found illuminating and like I would have loved to have seen all of that and now we're probably not going to get any of that because we sort of yeah
0: it's a. I, I do think the movie merits at least more conversation than it ultimately probably will receive. And I kind of also felt. I remember early on after I saw that movie at TIFF, the the vibe that I was like, I don't think that this movie is successful, but I could imagine the industry yep. going for this movie, totally. and I feel like when it went to neon we were like well that's probably not going to happen because they already have their priorities set. set yeah um but ultimately in some way a part of the industry did recognize that movie it was just frances fisher <laughs> listen
1: she's going to end up being one of the most important power brokers in hollywood within the next 5 years so like don't don't sleep don't sleep on that all right
0: next category the honorary birth award for film most likely to make Chris and Joe argue on a future episode.
1: I have several contenders.
0: I, I also have several contenders. I maybe spoke too soon on saying now we're going to stop being mean on this episode. No, I know where you're going. Because uh, now we're going to be mean to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can only be this argumentative with someone you love dearly, exactly. with someone who is family to you. All right, hit me with it. Uh with someone whose opinions you do actually really respect.
1: Oh yeah. It's so easy for me to brush off a bad, like a, a negative comment about a movie I love from somebody who I don't respect. Because then I'm just like, you know, alright, like right. enjoy enjoy your three other movies that you're seeing in this calendar year and be gone with you.
0: I think the common conception of when this happens when we argue back and forth. Yes. Is for things that I like that you do not, which is why I have chosen for this. Bo is
1: Afraid. All of my choices here are movies, I don't like that are movies that I movie. like I, better than you, you do. You were
0: the person who just said to me, you know, you really just need to accept that you don't like that movie. And at that point, I took your permission. But at the same time, I think you are are tickled by that movie in a way that I feel like... The things that frustrate me about that movie are the things that tickled you, and that means that we would fight. What is
1: it about (laughs) Bo is Afraid that kind of tickles me in a way that Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking About Ending Things... Really made me angry. I'm 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 interested in in maybe uh, parsing that in a future episode.
0: Well, while I think they're both kind of nihilistic movies, I do think there's much more fatalism to. I'm thinking of ending things than Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. I think is more explicitly a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think the very opening segment of Bo terrified in his New York City apartment is so like I'm probably gonna I think get,
0: that that's the best part of the movie.
1: What what's what's the whatever the psychological term for like is you know is so a perfect encapsulation of an anxiety ridden person's like view of of you know the threat of the world. Like that is that is a pandemic section of a movie right there. That is a <laughs> the whole world is so scary and, like, you walk out and, like, there's this guy sort of running full speed at you and he's, like, naked and has a knife and, like, all this sort of stuff and, you know, um having lived in, like, shabby apartment buildings, like, the thing where you're just, like, I'm just gonna, like, pretend that whatever's happening out in the hallway is not happening. <laughs> like, that kind of a thing. And just sort of, like, really ensconced, you know, in his own room. And then, like, you'll get things like the guy who's like spider manning on his fucking ceiling over the tub, and the 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 recluse spider, and you know, I think it's uh, I don't know. We'll talk. About, we're going to do do a movie on it, but anyway, yes, we will end up. Um, I think that'll be a fun one to disagree about, though, because like, I think and on some level, even the ways in which you don't like it, I think you you understand why I do, and. In a way that I like I don't that feel this like this is a
0: movie that like oh yes, yes. I understand what you like. I understand yeah. what people like about that movie. Yeah. I also think that this is a movie with the potential for both of us to flip our opinions. It's on. very possible.
1: It's very possible. <laughs> and then we
0: end up arguing in the way that I wasn't even expecting Right, to. right, right, right. Um but yeah. What's your choice? What do you want to fight with me
1: about? Um I thought you were gonna say Priscilla because which is funny it's because, like, Priscilla's not even, like, in the top ten for me. It's not a movie that, like, I have strong affection for. But I find, with love, I find the way you dismiss this movie a little irksome. In...
0: I find it personally painful that I dismiss this movie in this way. I think you have I a way of talking
1: about way, Jacob Alordi that makes me feel judged for liking him. I think you, um... You.
0: I don't understand the Jacob Elordi thing with
1: everybody. It's not about you. Well, I, I, I am. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to loop myself into with like the absolute like crazies on like Twitter, but like I have come around to him this year in both Saltburn and uh, Priscilla. I think he's quite good. Um,
0: he made me laugh in Saltburn at a few places.
1: I like whatever. I like this sort of like alt Elvis that he's giving in this. I. I just think it's a really sort of lovely movie. And, you know, that's, you know, an easy way to talk about Sophia movies. But I think the way that she sort of zeroes right in on the girl in this maelstrom of fame and success or whatever, it's not stepping out of her, you know, uh, narrative comfort zone in any way. But I think, much like Wes Anderson, I'm like, yeah, like, every few years, I like to settle down with a Sophia movie and see what kind of, you know, uh, sort of walled-up young girl we're talking about Mm -hmm. this time. And I really liked it.
0: All that is true for me, too. I just... Like, of course, I want that from Sophia Coppola. I love Sophia Coppola, one of my favorite working filmmakers. I am a noted on the rocks defender. It's true. And I just found it so depressing to see her making something that felt so extremely authorized biopic or like authorized biography.
1: Talking about Priscilla and Maestro in tandem might be an interesting thing, actually. That's
0: that is true.
1: Because I liked Priscilla quite a bit more than I liked Maestro, and why is that? I don't know.
0: I liked I liked them maybe equally, but I have more to recommend Maestro for, even though I think it has also bigger problems.
1: Yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. Priscilla, that makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: Priscilla is just very, very middle of the road for me, for a filmmaker who I think has never otherwise
1: been middle of the road. Um, what did you think so of The Beguiled?
0: I, I also really like... Okay,
1: so maybe that's the thing is too. I know a is, lot
0: of people have kind of changed, that they're like we maybe did too much for that movie and I don't
1: agree. I was underwhelmed by I mean by like the Beguiled. the Beguiled
0: is also the movie that all of the things people criticized it for, it's like well, yeah, these are bad people. (laughs) These are not supposed to be good Oh, that was
1: never my critique of The Beguiled. I was just never, I think, I thought it was a little, it was a little, I don't know, flat? I don't know. It wasn't, it did not jump off the screen for me in a way that I wanted it to.
0: The Beguiled, I also felt at the time that I was like, okay, we've never had a Kirsten Dunst nomination and it should happen for this movie. But we do have Kirsten Dunst, Oscar nominee in existence now. we need
1: to get george severus to come on and do another sofia movie with us, <laughs> what
0: <it> <laughs> or whatever he wants george if you're listening come on yeah come like back come and back, and do, back and, you and
1: do whatever you want but i would love to do another sofia to keep that streak going um the
0: other movie that i had on my long list for this is one that i have somewhat ambivalent feelings about it in terms of oscar i think it's more of the thing that it was never the movie's intention for oscar sometimes movies can just happen during the winter calendar and not have oscar in its sights whatsoever uh but people talked about it that way because of the pedigree of it and that's leave the world behind which we definitely disagree on this
1: is going to be a shorter conversation maybe than uh or a different conversation i don't think leave the world behind belongs on class of 2023 I would have lopped it okay, off. Okay, of then list I'm going to
0: agree with you because, like, I think it was clear that it was never in their intentions for that. I like, don't Netflix think it ever was. put out a bird. Box.
1: They wanted another bird box. Like that was that was the goal. They, they, I don't think awards were ever in this movie's sights.
0: Granted, the movie opened to AFI, but like, I don't think AFI is yeah a big deal anymore.
1: Not to that degree. You can make the case for it because of AFI, but like. I just I just generally and I know that like in general you hate that movie and I really enjoyed myself watching that movie.
0: I also think that Netflix would have actually pushed that movie in that way. The reviews weren't that bad. Right. You no. know, if if that was the intention Netflix would have done anything for that movie. And I didn't even get a screener for that movie, which like they send screeners for everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can, we'll, I'm sure we'll find many ways through for future episodes for me to, to get in, sneak in there that I liked. I also, I will, it, hot takes, hot cold takes, hot takes that are, that are several years old. I think I remain a little
0: noodles in the microwave. I
1: remain puzzled as to remember how angry people got about Bird Box, how angry like uh critics, like our critics friends or whatever god about bird box you remember how like the vitriol that was spit about that movie
0: about how they thought it was horrid or something.
1: yes people like talked about that movie as if it was like
0: i've still never seen it it's fine it's totally Which fine is Why i'm not seeing
1: why you don't want to see things that are fine what's, what's wrong with things that no are fine?
0: i'm just like at this point if i've never seen it and it's just fine why would i watch it
1: i would i would give it a watch it's there's some shit there's some there's some interesting stuff i think bullock's good I, it was one of those things where it felt like people were proxying their feelings about where Netflix was headed in the movie uh, ecosystem through this one movie that was like not high art. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and sort of getting off their chest for a it. lot of it's ways like that like TV. Netflix tried to sell itself as, you know, uh, you know, uh, as the sort of, you know, all-knowing, all-seeing, ubiquitous, you know, entertainment uh, thing. Sure, sure. People got really mad at Netflix saying that everybody was watching Bird Box, and, like, anecdotally, talking to people when I was home for the holidays that year, everybody kind of was watching Bird Box. So, sometimes we don't like things to be true, but they are nonetheless true, so.
0: Um, One of the first indicators that people will literally just watch whatever Netflix.
1: Okay, but this is exactly what I'm talking about that I don't think is the case. I think there are, there are, I think to say that like bird box is like Netflix shoveling shit in front of the public and the public will just eat anything. I else. think
0: that has nothing to do with the quality of what it is, but like the thing that they put at the like main drop, when you log in, people will just press play on that.
1: Uh, all right. Well, it's, a, that's, a, that's a, that's, you know, that that's a many tendril conversation that we do not have
0: time for that. We don't have time for that. What were your runners-up on this before we move into the next category? I think
1: I said, right, it was Bo's Afraid, it was... Oh, no, um... Uh, Wonka.
0: Oh, yeah, I meant to change that to Wonka.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you like needling me about Wonka. You also like mischaracterizing why I like Wonka.
0: Um, I don't characterize it at all, I just think you're a wonka optimist. I don't... I have... I don't begrudge you liking it it felt very ai generative to me just in terms of a screenplay
1: but poptimism to me is the propping up of a more uh a a sort of less heralded style of entertainment because you believe that that style deserves more like the 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 origin of poptimism in music was people. Treating pop music like high art because the critical establishment refused to do that. Um,
0: Then maybe I'm misusing that term, because to me... You you think my
1: enthusiasm for Wonka was a troll?
0: No, not at all. I think, to me, poptimism is entering into, I don't want to say a product, but I think this applies to music, television, books, movies, etc., With a more optimistic outlook, and therefore it makes you more disposed to liking it.
1: But don't you feel like we all, to some degree or another, have a level of optimism that we walk into a movie with no matter what?
0: Uh, I think for people like us, absolutely. And like, no one is not victim or no one is not a perpetrator of this expectation. I certainly am. Yeah. Like, I am absolutely that if like, I'm just using optimism sure. in the way that I've used sure. it. I am absolutely like a Poptimist for something like Eileen. <laughs> you know,
1: like I. The I, idea that I Eileen is your Wonka lay is so for correct. That movie. I can't like, even. Yeah, that's good.
0: I am. I am an easy lay for something like Eileen. Uh, I am an easy lay for something like, I mean, truly May, December. But
1: initially, the idea, I thought people were being too mean or too over the top, on very little information about why they thought that Wonka was going to be horrible. It was one goddamn still of Timmy in a velvet jacket and top hat. And everybody was like, this piece of shit. Piss on it and I kick it into the ocean. Like, It's less
0: about the like information about the movie and then broadly what it is. And that I think a lot of people are sick of, that it's like, it's existing IP that gets basically franchise having little to every, sometimes just being actual carbon copies of existing things rather than giving us something purely original. And that's, that's at least what I, it's a lot
1: to love. hang on one movie Antioch. though. When like so much of the industry is doing that. That was my, my thing was it was, I it felt like everybody was like unburdening themselves of all of their frustration on one movie because let's face it, sometimes people just want to like punch Timmy in the face because he's so charmed and his existence seems to be like tiptoeing through the daisies. Timmy. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about.
0: I only ever see people love this Timmy. This is what I'm talking about. I am more so you saying the only... shame that Timmy is in the-
1: You saying you because only ever see people love Timmy is so wild to me. It's so wild to me. All I see is a very stark contrast between like, chasing chalamet psychopaths and (laughs) people who want to make fun of chasing chalamet psychopaths and on by virtue of doing that kind of like hate on i see only
0: pro timmy to the point that i feel like it's getting to be taylor swifty in that like people are ready to take kylie jenner down because they don't think that they should be together i have to agree but well
1: this is my problem too is I need to find a way to thread that needle. This was my problem with um, Candy Muse on Drag Race, is I need to find a way to not like this without roping myself into the worst people in the world who don't like this for (laughs) reasons that are worse than the... I just want to be able to, like, dislike an obnoxious Drag Race personality in peace without having to, like, be roped into the people who are making death threats against her grandma. Do you know what I mean? In the same... Fo- I like Candy Muse. That's fine. That's, That's fine. Candy Muse is exactly the kind of person made to, like, divide us. Anyway, um, the Kylie Jenner thing... I wish it wasn't happening. But, like, n- not for... In- we know it's temporary. In- also that. Also that. Like, I'm not going to, like, whatever, make a big deal Anyway. You just don't want that family to get their hooks into... Kinda, Yeah. Kinda of yeah. Just don't. Kinda of yeah. But also that does underestimate the fact that like this is a kid who's like uptown New York City, went to, you know, uh LaGuardia High School, dated Lordis Chicone when he was in school. Like Timmy's maybe like had hooks in him before and maybe he'll he'll do fine. Um I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of complicated feelings. But mas- but mostly. I just want people to go into Wonka with an open mind because I do feel like it's a very fun movie. And I genuinely...
0: It's made a lot of people happy. The movie's going to make $200 million. I
1: genuinely really liked it. And I think it's doing things that deserve more respect than it's getting. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. We'll find
0: I, I love it. I love we'll it. Uh, moving on to the next category. Yeah. What do we have, Joe?
1: Oh, God. This is the Robin Williams... It's not your fault hug prize. We have a hug prize here. We get one, we give out one hug.
0: Uh, this is where we got to be nice. Yes, We're giving out hug. The
1: Robin Williams It's not your fault hug prize for unfortunate circumstances. So this award is for a movie that we have decided was either too small or otherwise sort of disadvantaged beyond uh, what it's doing artistically to have ever had a realistic chance at an award. So what am I talking about when I say that? I'm talking about how the the odd feeling I get when we put a movie like All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt on this list, where it's like, that movie was never going to get an Oscar nomination, guys. It was so small. It was so...
0: A24 fucked over their own movie, too, is my thing. Because that's in my run. A24
1: can only promote so many things. You know what I mean? Like, A24 is not universal.
0: But they can also put that movie in more than six theaters. Its widest release was six
1: You're right. You're right. You're
0: right about that. Um and like also it goes back to the thing of like, do we seriously only ever award one breakthrough performer? Like Raven Jackson absolutely deserves conversation for the for this movie.
1: In the in the sunniest possible version of that, Low, like, how well does all Dirt Roads Taste of Salt do in an academy situation? I really am losing my voice. It's one of those things that in
0: the lead up it does it. You know, that could have been a cinematography nominee. Who knows? But like it could be winning breakthrough director prizes throughout the year, you know things like that. The sound design in that movie is beautiful, but like to me, the unfor- unfortunate circumstances for that movie is A24 all but not releasing that
1: movie. Sure, okay, that's fair enough. Um, I I I'm just gonna rather than like do like who's my number one and other, I'm just gonna just like go through my short little list because it like each one sort of comments on the other. I think something like Master Gardener was never going to happen because it was basically a year and a half old by the time we got to um, awards. It had premiered at Cannes the year before. The previous Paul Schrader... Uh,
0: uh, Venice. Venice. Sorry, Venice.
1: The previous two Paul Schrader movies um, had followed sort of like Similar arcs, but like each one a little bit lower than the other. Like first reformed mm-hmm. got a screenplay nomination, but like was snubbed for Ethan Hawk and and you know, people even were talking about Prater and Best Director. And then the card counter was like nothing. And like, but even like there were people who were like, hey, Oscar Isaac, maybe make a push for it, maybe whatever. And then that sort of fell. And then Master Gardener, everybody was like, I've I've done this rodeo before, folks. Like, you fool me twice, shame on me. Um and so Master Gardener was I kind of I think it has.
0: It. I mean, I feel less that that's uncer- unfortunate circumstances than it is, like, somewhat diminishing returns. I think of this loose, you know, Man in a Room trilogy. It's clearly the weakest one. The The unfortunate thing, I think, is that it does house a really good Sigourney Weaver performance that just got zero attention. Yeah, yeah. Because of those circumstances.
1: Um, I think something like showing up is a great movie that does not have a premise that appeals to a wide enough group, which is come watch this movie about a, a, an artist and sculptor who gets her day derailed by a dead pigeon that her landlord won't you know, deal with, but she's also kind of friends with the landlord and like watch her sort of go through her day being like low key frustrated by everything. And, it's just never gonna happen. Where
0: everyone is just an inconvenience to you trying to achieve a single A
1: modicum goal. of productivity. Yes. Um yeah. I think it's an incredibly relatable movie. I think there's just no way you are going to convince large enough numbers that it is um a worthy enough subject for an award. I think there's there's a there's a there's a threshold that most awards voters probably unconsciously feel like a movie has to uh transcend to make it important enough to be voted for for an award and like uh visual artist is frustrated is probably not it even though i adore that movie <laughs> um and then the last one i'm going to say and this is maybe this comes
0: is this your winner which one is your this will
1: be my winner even though it probably comes closest okay. to actually no All Dirt Road's taste of salt i think is my winner um but this one um are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, came as close as any movie of this type could have come, which is to say, a, a, a YA adaptation from like before YA became marketable. Um that is so decidedly not just like, I mean, you talk about how Barbie, people are up in arms about Barbie, not getting any respect because it was too girly. This is the movie you want to talk about. This is the this movie. is the movie yep. you want to talk yep. about because it got nothing, and it was because a whole lot of people didn't even bother to pay attention to it because it was a Judy Bloom adaptation and um, Ra-
0: released in the spring, not at a festival. Rachel McAdams
1: is going to come very close to being my number one supporting actress of the year for this movie. Um, it's so good. Kelly Freeman Craig again. Like, uh, great piece of adaptation, great piece of adaptation. Um, but like, this was, this was the one where it felt, felt like the deck was stacked against it purely on snobbery. Like, sorry, I know, I know we've decided we don't want to talk about snobbery, but like snobbery.
0: <laughs> but like systemic snobbery sure. in that it's like at every level people are like, oh, well, this is a movie for kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a movie for little girls and their moms to see on a Sunday afternoon, and those are not movies that we award with Oscars. And, like, that's bullshitty to me.
0: Bullshitty. This movie made me like a Benny Safdie performer. I know! I know! The power. That's heavy lifting, man. Uh, round of uh, this feels like a weird movie for me to pick as my number one. I mentioned you mentioned all dirt roads taste of salt which was one of my runner-ups slash you chose it as your number Mm -hmm. one so uh, yeah whatever um and i also had a thousand and one but i mentioned it earlier maybe i am just putting it in this category because i do not compute i don't understand and i can only chalk it up to well there was i guess a lot stacky the whole system of this was just uh unfortunateness i guess other people people were making other priorities for other movies and this is where i talk about asteroid city
1: okay let's talk
0: because about asteroid because i just wonder if the problem with asteroid city this season is it's hard to make a case for this movie whereas it's not making the type of statement that killers of the flower moon is making or trying to Mm -hmm. make or like the relevance to you know the evils of american culture it's not you know a filmmaker finally getting their due like i feel oppenheimer is becoming Mm -hmm. or has become and it's not it it wasn't a cultural phenomenon the way barbie was so it's like all of the people you think would go to bat for this movie have other priorities, and Asteroid City can be like a strong artistic statement, or like you know, statement. To for some people, it's like a statement of intent for Wes Anderson, or like you I, know, have Richard Brody, people. and he's yeah. like, "This is a movie about post nuclear society." Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. I think it's also it's like it's all of those things. It's also the best movie about covid lockdowns that has been
1: made you keep saying um, this and i keep not entirely understanding it and i refuse to ask you about it until we do our episode because i want you okay, to funny. explain I mean, it there.
0: like it's a it, it was
1: written during lock i'm not saying like that you're not correct on i'm in a quarantine. i am not i'm not hating on that opinion i find it fascinating but i don't want to hear you explain it until we do our episode on it i want it to be fresh
0: <laughs> uh that yeah i mean i think i think regardless to it's as shocking as this may sound for a Wes Anderson movie where it's just like his sense of humor and his stylization is like right there on front street. Mm. I think this is actually a really subtle movie and subtlety for subtlety is not rewarded within the awards race generally. Um, and it's strange that that played out for this movie and not for some, and, uh, you know, you expect it somewhat of movies like 1001 mm-hmm. uh, being subtle. You expect it for things like showing up in its brand of subtlety. But you maybe don't expect it for the type of subtlety that Asteroid City has.
1: The thing that I find... That, or
0: maybe Wes Anderson was leading a whisper campaign of saying, don't vote for me, I don't want to do this. Or Netflix was running a whisper campaign of saying, we'll kill you if you, don't, if you vote for Asteroid City because we don't want to divert attention away from Henry Sugar. Like I don't know, I don't understand. But but like, if you if you look you at it, you can though, see the amalgam of things happening against this. But movie. it goes
1: back to when it was released too, because it's not like it, like even when it was released, there was a more sort of mixed and puzzled reaction to it. Rather, there were a lot of people like you and me, and I I know some other people raves to the heavens. Yeah, best like return to form, best. But like then you look at you know the, the
0: it's his best movie. I'm willing to call it his best. I'm not, but this. like
1: I love having that conversation. You know, I did my my ranking of of Wes Anderson performances this year that I did for Vulture. Beautiful so it, piece, listeners. Go back aww, and read. Thank you. Read them. But I also, but it, it, you know, in rewatching all the Wes Andersons, I had such a greater re- appreciation for all of them, and I think that put me in a really interesting position to view Asteroid City as sort of a statement of purpose, a statement of his career. What I find so, um kind of delightful, actually, even though it's a little frustrating, is there's that scene, obviously, where he steps out of the play, right? Schwartzman, uh, and then goes through the door in the set, and goes backstage, and goes to talk to Adrian Brody about it, and is the thing that he says is, I still don't understand the play. And Brody keeps saying, like, you're doing great, keep doing what you're doing, this is great. Um, and he goes out to the back and he talks to Margot Robbie, my very favorite scene in that whole movie, and they have that really emotional thing. And but the thing that he keeps saying is, I don't understand the play. And in so many of the reactions to the movie, the reaction was, I don't understand what all that stuff was about. I don't understand if you don't fall asleep, you can't wake up. I don't under and it's just like, and I wonder if he did that on purpose. And, like, I'm going to take my most elliptical sort of thing. that like Because he doesn't <laughs> do this in movies. He doesn't leave viewers with, like, questions like that, right? Um, even in movies where you're maybe thinking he's doing something a little odd or esoteric and whatever. And I think he really wants you, in this movie especially, to consider the, the why of why he makes... His movies, like he does, why he makes these peculiar, same not you know, samey people. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, you know a Wes Anderson, Emot-
0: what uh, perceived as emotionally remote,
1: but also visually same. You know what I mean? Just like you know, that's yeah. why you know, you know a Wes Anderson frame when you see it. And to me, it's it was a filmmaker who I've always loved, but who have I've never really taken the time to be like. I wonder what he, you know, where his heart is in this movie. I wonder where his emotions are in this movie. And it really made me think like, oh, all of this time, he's cared so deeply. All of this time, these movies have been, I not I should be saving this for our Asteroid City episode, but anyway.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be doing it for at least a year, so I'm sure that it'll all come up and- But I love that movie, um- Yeah. I I, I think that there is, as much as this movie seems like a silly ensemble comedy, I think that there is a lot about mortality in there, in, like, the literal death that, you know, this family is grieving from, but also this general sense of, are we all gonna die? Like, because there's an alien invasion, they're under a quarantine, Uh, of course this movie was written during COVID lockdown, like, We'll save it for the episode. Yeah. Uh, regardless, even so, without talking about the thematics of this movie and how they might, you know, resonate with audiences, just the immaculate craft of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me that the, like, sets and costumes aren't more interesting or beautifully rendered than Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Like, no shade to napoleon's uh visual effects nomination though i do think that that happened because of the exploding
1: horses <laughs> very possible you look at production design i mean again it's a strong year so everything's pretty strong um i, don't, I mean i don't want to i don't want to pick anything out i guess napoleon but napoleon at least is holding it down for non-best picture nominees so i don't want to get rid of it but like i'd slot it I thought Asteroid City ahead of Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, which are both tremendously well art decorated movies. But like, yeah. so's Asteroid City, you know what I mean? So,
0: Well, but it's also like the idea of they built an entire, uh, you know, Jack Fisk uh, is among the best in the industry for like Killers of the Flower Moon. They built this entire town. Well, they built an entire town. Well, you
1: plans. look at Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Asteroid City. They all built entire town. Like it's kind of <laughs> amazing. Um, and Barbie, not Jesus the type fucking of person Christ. that like yeah.
0: you should be giving craft nominations for one singular thing. Like people that are like this costume should have alone gotten a costume design nomination for it. I don't normally think that, but an Asteroid City. A vending machine that sells real estate, I mean, come on. That should be meriting an original screenplay nomination and a production design nomination alone. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh what moving right along. Yes, moving right along.
0: Eventually. Uh <laughs> we are calling this the up the ladder to the roof prize in resume building. You're building, you're ascending. You are the, uh, a stepping stone to an
1: eventual nomination. Up the ladder to the roof. You are a menace to society. Um,
0: I love it. Respect to Lindsay
1: Mandel. I love... Uh, I laughed when I saw that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, snub that will ultimately... We've seen this before, right? Where uh, not getting a nomination one year gooses the uh, the narrative that you need to get nominated the next year. So
0: I don't have... This one was the one that was harder for me to come up with examples for. However, I do think I maybe want to make a controversial statement. Not controversial, but a a statement that I wouldn't have expected to make before preparing this episode. Okay. And that is that I do think that the Iron Claw could be a step towards Sean Durkin
1: getting ready. He's one of my runners-up in this, yes.
0: It helps that this is one of A24's most successful movies. It helps, I think, in the position of... Uh, you know, everybody kind of thinks that this movie was a little screwed by how it was much
1: more so than the narratives for the nest and Martha, Marcy, May Marlene, much more mainstreamed, you know, among movie. But I think that,
0: yes, yes, I hear you. And, but I also think that, well, they did actually get what they wanted out of it, which was a hit. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I think in that way, this movie was a slam dunk and I don't really know what nominations it would have gotten. Sure. Realistically, if it had been I mean I think you premiere this movie out of Sundance and it all goes well there and I think it's a very different story. I would have been interested um, to see
1: where that story went. I don't know if it's If anything,
0: they maybe should have if, you know it, it, if if the world is such that it is just rumors, conjectures lies, befuddlement, deceitment uh, whatever Real Housewives quote I can throw in here That the movie would have been ready for a Toronto, and they chose not to. Mm -hmm. If that's true, I think this movie gets more out of waiting for Sundance than rushing for Toronto. You know
1: where weirdly I think this would have done well? Is Cannes.
0: I don't know, because like, I think the intention here is so mainstream, and I also think that Sean Durkin... If there's anything that's not successful about this movie is that it does feel like he's reaching for a more mainstream sentiment. But there is... Like, he is successful in some ways with that, but the fact that he's reaching for that is, to me, what says he could actually eventually be on a path to a nomination in a way that we just previously felt like, well, the Oscars aren't gonna go for that even if critics are really trying to Get him
1: I think the craft on display and the sort of Americana self-critique of the of the story um would have made it a an attractive can candidate. Candidate.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Alright. And I mean he he played there with Martha Marcy, so. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um I did have Asteroid City on this as a runner up for me because I do feel like the close as the closeness with which what a weird way to send this moonrise kingdom coming as close as it did in uh, its, its year to was, I think a helper in getting Wes Anderson to the point he did with grand Budapest hotel in terms of um mm-hmm. this almost, you know, happened for him. And now we're going to take a look at this more, more seriously. I think now the idea that like the Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson is back of a lot of those uh, asteroid city. Reactions and reviews maybe has people looking a bit more optimistically towards his next one. My other,
0: I also feel that way slightly about Priscilla, and especially that Priscilla was her second. Sofia Coppola's second highest grossing movie. I think that there's potential there Mm -hmm. for her.
1: I think 1001 is a very good stepping stone for A.V. Rockwell in particular. I think uh, I think mm-hmm. A.V. Rockwell's next movie is going to have a lot of light on it for that reason. Well, I talked a little bit before about how I liked Jacob Alordi and both Priscilla and Saltburn. I think he's definitely leveled his way into will-be-in conversations for subsequent performances going forward. My winner here, and I'm really surprised that it's not your winner as well, um, is Passages for Franz Rogowski. I think this season has done a lot for Franz Rogowski's profile, even though he did not come, I would think, particularly close to getting a Best Actor nomination.
0: Franz is the type of performer that, unfortunately, whatever their Oscar nomination is going to be, it's not going to be for as interesting as a performance or movie as Passages. Yeah, probably Like, not. It's going to be the type of thing where I don't know. It's gonna be a war movie <laughs> or something. He doesn't really seem to do those movies, yeah. Though. Um, but yeah, I I would probably stand by it. whatever his Oscar nomination is. Is not going to be as interesting.
1: I will be interested to see it though. Whatever whatever it ends up being. So I don't. I can't see we him. May,
0: do- uh, we may talk about that elsewhere though.
1: All right. Uh, next prize is the. Uh,
0: oh, do you not have, that's your winner? Yeah. Oh, I didn't do my Oh, run.
1: sorry, sorry, do your winners up. Uh,
0: seconding what you said about A.V. Rockwell and 1001, I think the proof is in the movie that her next movie, uh, if she keeps on this projector trajectory, uh, could be uh, a stepping stone. <laughs> Strangely. I also put as a runner-up Bo is Afraid, which feels like uh, my logic behind that is Ari Aster taking steps outside of mm. working in horror, which he has said he does not consider himself a horror filmmaker. Sure. I think while Bo is Afraid may not fully sell this, I think because he is working towards more approachability outside of genre while still working with how
1: many movies before he makes a normal one
0: i mean i don't think he'll make a normal movie but i do think he'll make i mean like he's not at all a filmmaker like the Coens, and i mean i don't want to just blithely compare someone to the Coens, Mm. but like would you say no country for old men is a normal movie like no, no, like it, it's normal he doesn't have enough. to make a normal movie right. for Oscar to recognize him. But like throughout his career, he's been amassing supporters like Scorsese, and uh, I think he is inching towards finger quotes respectability. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see how many movies before he gets to that level, though. It's, I, I'm, I'm interested. All right. Um,
0: Again, I struggled for options in that category.
1: I think that's why I thought you had exhausted your your satchel there. Um, uh, next category, the amazing Amy memorial memorial. No, she's still with us. I guess making Nick's life miserable. The amazing Amy still alive. Cool girl prize for the film that was okay. So we're not saying it was too cool for the Academy because that's a self aggrandizing statement. What we're saying,
0: we don't like those statements.
1: What we're saying is that. You know the thing we've talked about earlier in the episode, where with a large group of voters, votes tend to coalesce towards the middle. It is a large... It's a they flat. If that is not what the law of large numbers means, then it should be because, like, it's a it's 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 that. <laughs> it's you know, in a big enough voting body, the outliers remain the outliers, and and votes sort of pile up and coalesce towards more um, commonly held. You know what I mean? Less less challenging, less esoteric, less sort of out there movies. This is not a this is not shade nor is it condescension. It is just the way that things go in these things. So, um with that caveat all to hell, um I'm going to say that passages was one I was considering here. Um this is where I put Eileen. I think um I think what Eileen was up to and I don't know if I even necessarily Was fully on board with everything that Eileen was up to. This might have been the movie. I know a lot of people reached this point with, um, uh, Last Night in Soho, but like Eileen might have been the movie where the Thomas and Mackenzie thing maybe has reached its end point. I think
0: that's a fair critique of the movie.
1: Where is the 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 accent on top of the the baby bird voice? Like, um,
0: we can't keep seeing her play the same
1: character. I love you, Thomason. Just like I believe in your talent. Let's 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 switch yes. it up. Yes. Um I am I am maybe a Anne Hathaway in Eileen fan more than I am an Eileen fan. But um although Marin Ireland too. God damn she's so good.
0: Marin Ireland knocks the shit out of this movie. She's um great.
1: But I generally think like what Eileen is up to uh, is maybe not was was um maybe never built for a a large voting body to agree on
0: (laughs) the ceiling is getting anne hathaway nominated for that movie and i think
1: a stronger campaign could have done it though chris i will i will always believe that That's, that's that's
0: that's maybe fair but i we don't have signs yet of the academy responding to Weird Anne Hathaway performances, the way that they have responded to weird Natalie Portman performances, for well, lack of other. Not this year. Well, not this year. No, but like that was a Natalie Port. The thing about Natalie Portman this year is like, she was only Golden Globe.
1: I know like, they got...
0: nothing else, so it's not just the Academy.
1: No. no, no, my my, I'll be writing several letters of complaint uh, this season. <laughs> Trust me, handwritten and angry as fuck.
0: And Hathaway is tremendous and Eileen.
1: Uh tremendous. So good. All right. What is your choice for Amazing Amy Cool Girl?
0: I mean, you talked about passages, passages. Passages is a runner-up is, for me. Yeah. I almost want to award a tie, even though we spiritually do not believe in ties. You
1: less so than me. I don't I'm I'm sometimes fine with a tie.
0: Okay, so I'll I'll let passages go, even though I do think passages is a great answer here. Uh, to mention something we haven't in the spirit of mentioning something we haven't talked about yet. And that is David Fincher's The Killer. Um, another runner-up, which I didn't mention because. Even I thought though this would. is a Netflix movie, and obviously it's evident that like Fincher did not want to do the awards thing this year, otherwise, they would have pushed that movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have at least made the effort, but I think the worldview of this movie is absolutely not something that the establishment or uh the academy is going to respond to yeah. um I don't think that they would get that it is a comedy um
1: I barely got that it was and- a comedy like honestly like truly
0: uh, can't wait to talk about this yeah. movie. I love, I love this movie. Even if it didn't make my top ten, I feel like that could change. And it's such years an
1: interesting movie. It's such an interesting movie. I, I, such, and it's, a, it's so funny. it's and it's base baseline enjoyable to watch. You wouldn't think so considering how it starts. Like it, there is
0: how episodic it is. How kind
1: what? of how slow, how methodical, how all of it is, and yet like once I mean god the the gayest possible answer to this is once tilda swinton showed up but like honestly
0: like tilda swinton shows up and basically her whole role is delivering a butt sex joke like no it's, it's so not good. it's also
1: ordering a flight of of shots whiskey um and downing and it. talking about haagen-dazs a lot she does talk about haagen-dazs how could i forget it's a great scene it's a top to bottom a great I mean, scene tilda
0: swinton should be on everybody's ballot for this movie i'm sorry yeah
1: um but passages yeah
0: like it it's really it's almost like they rec well aside from i don't really want to wade into the waters of industry homophobia and how they might respond to a movie like passages but almost like a movie like passages they'll respond to if it's a woman mm-hmm. and not men and like that's also maybe a uh, can of worms I don't want to open. I don't want to sound like well, what about men? But like you know, it's it is a you know uh, cousin of misogyny. I don't. What am I saying? What are they? You saying? They recognize a European, you know, sexually daring, oh, yeah. complicated character. Yeah if it's played by a woman, they won't recognize it as a man, but it's also just like, they just want traditional leading men more than they want a leading man like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, just for the iris acts of it, like, I don't know. They could have pushed for a screenplay, but...
1: I, I mean, our, our slight, not slight, you definitely like this movie a lot more than I do, but is not to say that I don't like this movie. I, I understand why i fully understand why it did not get nominations i just do sure sure it does not leave you in a place where you want to give this movie anything at the end you're all you're at the you get the end and you're just like fucking guy, this fucking guy (laughs) but the density of
0: detail about that guy who is a monster and how as monstrous as he is, like Iris Axe is able to make us fascinated by just human behavior and human behavior that we maybe don't want to see in ourselves, don't want to like be around in other people, and can make us fascinated and absorbed by that, I think.
1: Is he fascinating, ben or can be. I just always see his belly button? <laughs> I mean, that's mostly a joke. I, 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 I think you're right. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I would also add showing up to this uh, category. Sure. Yeah. Uh, though we talked about that.
1: All right. One more. We've come category. to the last
0: category, the big, the the best picture, if you will, right for this episode, right. which is the Cats Memorial. First episode for the class of 2023. What is the movie that we by right should be doing first? So,
1: a little backstory Cats was the first movie where we guaranteed ahead of time that it would be the first movie from its year that we would uh, talk about on the podcast.
0: And I don't think we've broken this so far the movie that we agree upon as the first one we talk.
1: We haven't done this as part of the class of uh, episode previously. We have, though taken care taken a lot of care in what will be the first episode of a given year because our general rule is it's it's you know we have so few actual real rules but for movies we we want to give them the
0: rules until we say exactly
1: um we want to give a movie a year to marinate with us before so uh from nobody wants to listen to
0: a showing up it's i mean they do want to listen to a showing up at. Nobody wants to listen to us talk about the thing that everybody is currently right.
1: talking. So, a year has to have passed from the time that the movie got snubbed. the The movie in question got snubbed. So, right now we are in January of 2024. That's what that's the starting date for all of these snubbed movies. So, it won't be until January 2025 that any of these movies will be eligible to be
0: i forget if we say after nominations or after the ceremony
1: but well i feel like cats year. was a january a movie so i'm just going to decide that that was always our rule and um okay. yeah, and be retroactively things, consistent. Determines the way forward yes as always so what are the movies that uh in january of 2025 the the will be most excited to break the seal with
0: i mean i'm just gonna give the people what they want and it's um, is this the first one that I would pick for myself? No. But being a benevolent host, I think everybody wants Saltburn to be first. I
1: have three movies that are written. I have three names in front of me. Um, One of which is an excuse to carry on the cat's tradition of a movie where we're going to say the word butthole a lot and that is Passages. Um... <laughs>
0: we would say butthole a lot with pass um
1: one is asteroid city just because i think we have a lot to say about that movie and left. i am excited to sit to say it all mention it all is what we're going to do but i absolutely agree with you i think in many ways the people have smoke have spoken about this in many other ways i'm excited to talk about this movie i will hopefully be less salty about Saltburn not about the movie but about the reaction to Saltburn uh which i can just characterize as way too people are way too mad at this movie in a way that i find fascinating people really want to cut this movie up into ribbons and i just don't understand it I don't understand it. But we will get into it. I think it's
0: that Emerald Fennell is like a rich person who... Who
1: what, though? That's the thing. Emerald Fennell is a rich person who... Finish that sentence, anybody who is talking about this movie.
0: The perception is that her wealth essentially got her a job into the industry. That is, I believe, the perception that you are talking
1: about. For me, the the thing that I want to talk about
0: that makes me angry... Is the TikTokification?
1: Well, I think you know? that's also why the haters. That I'm
0: just like, we need to stop devoting time and attention to people who are stupid about movies. Well, like, Chris, I don't mean to be like gatekeeper about it or anything, children. but I'm just like, why do we devote so much attention to people who are just like dumb about? They're
1: it? either children or they are adults who don't have anything to do. So, like, or people who
0: are just like, let me post something dumb for likes, and then it gets devoured as if it's a real opinion yeah
1: yeah. oh like the world fucking sucks like tiktok fucking blows tiktok has is melting our brains and is making us a dumber society by the minute like all true
0: well this is also the people that like react like reacted to the barbie nominations and still to this day Uh will are are like greta gerwig wasn't nominated for anything Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for anything for Barbie, and it's like they were both nominated, just not in the categories you'd think they are.
1: We have ceded an entire like, corner don't... of our, enter- our entertainment industry to dum dums and people who think we should be chasing the demographic of said dum dums. And
0: I don't want to be—I don't want to be like Joe Nobody about anything, but because like we're all fucking nobodies caring about movies. And it's just like, can you at least, can we at least elevate opinions of Joe Nobodies who watch more than three movies a year? Can we like talk about the Joe Nobodies that like we might the, have something interesting to say, but you've never heard of their name before? We
1: right? at like, the very least can control who, who actually care about. We them. can at the very least control who we react to. And I think it's harder sure. to know whose opinion to dismiss out of hand when you can't see that it's. A twelve year old. You know what I mean? Um but or like whatever, like a particularly straight edged seventeen year old. Um but that was the other thing about whatever. We'll we'll get into it. The
0: I think the larger conversation when we do have a salt burn episode is that not every movie has to be an awards movie. <laughs> uh agreed the other two that i would throw out and they're movies that we've talked about but i do think will be very interesting conversations origin for all of the reasons that we mentioned Mm -hmm. and also just like one of those episodes where we can deep dive into the history of something and the complex uh place that it had in the ecosystem and i do think that's the taste of things oh yeah because that episode basically plus I like, get
1: to watch it again.
0: That's writes itself in terms of the can trajectory, the relationship to Anatomy of a Fall, mm-hmm. all, of
1: all of that. Yeah, should we mention also our uh, our esteemed former guests who have uh, written their name on the sign up sheet for for certain <laughs> movies? Shout out to um,
0: well, and yes, these are movie these are movies that are absolutely having an episode. Roxana Hadadi wants to do Iron Claw, which like. If we were going to have a guess, why would we ask anyone else? Well, the only uh, thing I would was ask her before I would ask Sean Durkin to talk about that
1: movie. and it gives uh, it gives Roxana a full year ahead of when I have already scheduled her to come on to talk about the bike riders with us whenever great that is eligible. fantastic because that is not going to uh, get nominated for anything, and I cannot wait to talk about it so
0: clay claimed uh Clay Keller claimed asteroid city, which if we have one more person speaking extemporaneously and enthusiastically about Asteroid City, that is going to be a three-hour episode. That will be an episode that is twice as long as the
1: Well, if we can force Clay Keller to sit for extended periods of time uh, for a podcast episode, uh, I will feel the least bad about it, because we have uh, spent plenty of four-hour marathons with Clay, happily so. Um um, so I will I will at least feel the least bad about making Clay uh sit through that with us. So
0: You know, I think our Scorsese draft with you, me, and Katie, I think any of the Gary's were not really surprised by anything that happened, and then screen draft listeners who are not Gary's were <laughs> like They're, getting to, I know think us. For they're, they're getting to know our vibes. We gave them everything that they expected of us to show up on. I
1: think we did. I think we did. Although, I guess. I still think the Raging Bull thing was probably surprised because I was surprised that Katie drafted it. I thought I was going to be making the lone uh, uh, stance on that one, and she...
0: Let me reassert that my veto of the drafting of Raging Bull was overridden. I try.
1: (laughs) Are you admitting, finally, that something on a screen draft that we did together did not go the way you foresaw and planned? And... You are the king this of is why You are I the didn't... king of walking around a screen dress being like that went exactly how I dis- devised. Well, that went all okay according to, to my plan. Like, exp-
0: to explain my thought process, because if you remember before then you drafted Wolf of Wall
1: Street. Oh, I remember. Everybody. And remembers. that's
0: why I didn't veto it, because I was like, What I thought it was a possibility that one of you would be drafting Raging Bull, and I was like Do I save my... Well, I had two vetoes, but I really wanted wanted to to carry one over because I I feel like I burned them too much. And I know... I mean, I'll be back. So I want to have a carryover veto. But I was like, do I want to... Am I saving Wolf of Wall Street, which may not even get saved into the top 10 anyway at that point? Or am I saving something like Raging Bull? And I had to choose to save Raging Bull.
1: And it didn't work. I I really was hoping that somebody would have made that calculation on The Departed, because then I could have drafted Wolf of Wall Street at 11, where I wanted to draft it. And then uh, I would have at least felt... I, I don't know whether people would have still been mad at me about that, but like maybe less mad had I played it at 11, where I wanted to play it, so... Whatever we had a very good all time. this
0: to say. If you're mad that Wolf of Wall Street didn't make it in screen drafts,
1: Patreon members, you should have picked that, and not
0: After Hours, which we did a whole. Episode There's actual loving.
1: evidence out there that we love After Hours. Like, come on, come on, y'all. Anyway, we had a great uh, time.
0: Anyway, so, okay, so let's let's maybe run through the list. Oh of, yeah, was there
1: uh, anything we haven't touched and... on? Magic Mike's Last Dance. Talk, Christopher. How much buzz uh, did this movie? Not to be a doubter, but like. How much buzz did Magic Mike's Last Dance have?
0: I mean, it's part of the that trilogy where other movies were talked about in that way. Everybody We've done episodes about, on the first two. Everybody forgot about this movie when it was in theaters. Yeah. And it is... And then people were, like, too harsh on that It's movie, the
1: Ocean's Twelve of that trilogy, I would say. Which I just...
0: I mean, I, I would need to see Ocean's Twelve to defend that movie, but I know that people do defend do. it. I don't think people were fair to this movie. It 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 merits a place in this conversation because the franchise that it's in. yeah
1: yeah but, we've done episodes on the first two we're not not going to do an episode on the third one like come on <laughs> come on all right wait going
0: maybe we'll save it for the Patreon or something uh, if we feel like it's too uh, outside of the realm. Cassandra, um, Christopher, Cassandra, which really didn't feel like it took off, but like. I almost put Cassandra in there as a stepping stone if I had felt like people would, unfortunately, remember this movie. Because I do think we will have a Gael Garcia Bernal Oscar win at some point. Here's what I will
1: say to you, Chris. Had Cassandra provided a five-minute scene where Gael Garcia Bernal and Bad Bunny just make out, I would have talked about it somewhere. I would have put it on one of my lists. Is what I will say.
0: He's good in the movie. I didn't love the movie, and it didn't it had a ceiling get, for me for sure. It, it didn't get enough attention, I think, at that Sundance no. and Amazon. I don't really think pushed it that much. Agreed.
1: Amazon's um, not good at this. Like
0: they're not good at this. They're actively bad at this, both for movies and TV. And
1: um, let's go to another platform that you don't like. That I think maybe. there's there's a little more credit than you give it uh, credit for is Apple TV Plus's Flora and Son which I haven't seen but I just watched the trailer and I think I'm going to love it when I do eventually see it
0: you know I debated that one in a few categories but I actually feel like you know I I predicted it to get a song nomination because up until now you know more often than not John Carney movies get in Uh, but, like, I feel like that movie kind of got its—not its due, but, like, Eve Hewson was on that, like, was it LA Times roundtable? Eve Hewson's one of those ones ones I might have put in the uh, Up the Ladder
1: to the Roof, where, like, she's creeping closer to getting her first nomination for something, whether it's TV or this or something. Like, she's— She's in some ways I feel
0: like the true most forgettable category are the movies that we're not talking about here and that's the next one Fair Play like we didn't even think about talking about
1: Fair I, Play. but like Fair Play was a movie that a lot of people saw on Netflix and discussed so like yeah. that was not an invisible movie that's a movie that I still haven't seen yet but I love Alden Ehrenreich and you are very mean about that movie and I will either be like fine you're right or Argue you about
0: it. sometimes think if I don't blanketly approve of everything that someone is doing, that I don't. Are you about to say I don't like Aaron? No, like Aaron I just because I don't like Fair. No, but
1: I can see a world in which I watch Fair Play and I like his performance enough that I end up arguing with you about it.
0: I don't know if there's enough there. This is like the this is the Christopher Abbott thing where you think I don't like Christopher Abbott because I this don't is, like on the. This concert.
1: is my Bernstein Bears. I swear to God. We have argued about Christopher Abbott in the past, and you have hated, and I have appreciated.
0: If listeners want to get in the mentions, I can clarify whatever I said that made you think that. Oh. But that is the only performance I feel like I am on the record of saying he's.
1: Oren Ishii here being Besides, like, if we disagree on any topic, please allow me to convince you, and I will give you all <laughs> appropriate, uh, 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 a chance a to let you actor. realize that I'm right.
0: I feel like I have never been on the record saying otherwise. I don't think that those two performances I just pointed out is he very good in. I think there's things that he is fine in, but the movie is not good, like Sanctuary.
1: So what do you like him in, then? Christopher Abbott? I am a girl's defender. Name him. Name him. <laughs> girls. Name him, no, um, girl. So, girl. I okay.
0: generally think he's a really, really good actor. I wonder if he's maybe a little like a the loose cannon, but I do think his abilities are okay. good. You also pointed out Possessor, which is a movie I have complicated feelings about, but no complicated feelings about his performance. Andrea Riseborough. Is Possessor the- is
1: definitely the movie because you've you've admitted to not liking him in the Gerard Carmichael suicide movie, um. But Poss- Possessor is the movie that I really do feel like you said that he wasn't good in it, and we disagreed on that. I he's prob- I
0: mean, at worst, I probably said he's fine. My feeling about that is, like, why would you talk about him in that movie when Andrea is giving that performance? Like, you talk about her in that movie.
1: I think he's in more of the movie, though. She's in his body for most of that movie. I don't
0: know. But, like, we're in her head.
1: Yeah, but we see him. He's performing her. We
0: see both of them.
1: I think he gives the best performance in that movie. All right. Anyway, um, the Royal Hotel no, so is quite. Royal Hotel. You saw it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Is it as bad as I've heard? Disappointing things, not like bad, but like disappointing is a disappointing. better word than yeah. bad.
0: I I I would maybe challenge someone saying that it's yeah. bad. It's. It almost feels like it's trying to do something that's commenting on other movies or like trying to do something that doesn't fully work in how lack there's like a lack of event in that movie mm-hmm. in a way. Like it is, it's, it feels like it's trying to be kind of flatline in terms of like these things when they happen, they're not these huge. Mm-hmm you know blow up events they are much more casual and you know steady menace rather than all of a sudden this horrible things happens you yeah. know um but it's not a bad movie but like
1: that forget this next one i should have put on my reservation road most forgettable participation trophy pain hustlers a movie that absolutely existed in previews for the season and then did not exist in actual reality when it debuted on Netflix not a soul I saw think that, that movie. That's
0: partly because like it feels like it did not exist at the festival that it was at at that Toronto. Right. At that Toronto which everybody was calling Because
1: everybody decided it not like, to see it because they knew it would be on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like that was that was the decision I think that everybody made.
0: But it still died at the festival that people are like, "Well, what am I going to fill my time
1: with?" It's also a movie know? that came out in a year where there were like twelve different, after like two years in which there have been twelve different, um, uh, Sackler slash opioid crisis TV shows specifically, but also like all the Beauty and the Bloodshed and whatnot. Um, then I feel like it was hard to point to Pain Hustlers and be like, "This is doing something different." And Emily Blunt was taken care of with the Oppenheimer conversation. Because I think there was because that was the thing about Pain Hustlers was Netflix paid a pretty penny to acquire it to to um, acquire the script I guess or something, um, and the buzz on it early on was that this was going to be a great vehicle for Emily Blunt and I think once Oppenheimer happened well before Pain Hustlers came out they were like well we don't have to bother trying to sell people on this not very good movie like you know the, Emily Blunt's. Not going to get nominated for this anyway because she's going to get nominated for Oppenheimer. So, yeah. All right. What else have we not talked
0: about? We've mentioned most of them. I think we actually did better this year at mentioning them. We did. We
1: mentioned it all.
0: We mentioned Boys in the Boat via joke only.
1: Sometimes that's enough. I think
0: that's also a movie that. That's enough. That's not the movie's problem. That's our problem for mentioning it in that <laughs> conversation because George Clooney directed it. And that's not really the movie's intention. It's made a
1: shocking It's ability. made a lot of money. Good for that movie. Good for George. Good for Josh O'Connor. I mean,
0: good for that movie making all that money. And I know no one who is. I hope
1: that at least helps get people on board with Josh O'Connor to the point where Challengers makes some money. And they... Is Josh O'Connor and Boys on the Boat? Isn't he the star of the boys on the boat? Isn't he like?
0: No, it's the guy that looks like Josh O'Connor. Are
1: we sure? Yes. Hold on. It's Harris Dickinson. Not it's a uh, um, Callum Turner or whatever.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Are we sure? Hold
0: on. Josh O'Connor may be a supporting character, but like the it w- is
1: Callum Turner. Okay.
0: Twink is I.
1: People yeah. sometimes think like I'm making too big of a deal about that. They look, shockingly, when they were both in Emma, period, Um, there would be scenes where they would go, like, I would lose track of which character we were talking to, because they look so much alike. I find...
0: Well, Josh O'Connor's the priest. Yeah. I will say, I only know his name now because I heard you say it. And I've seen him in multiple things, and I've never tracked. His he's
1: movie. on TV right now. What is he on? Oh, he's in Masters of the, the Air. Airplane. He's show. in the airplane show yeah, yeah, with yeah. Austin Butler and Barry Keoghan.
0: Austin, but whatever voice, Austin Butler. Is no, doing. the
1: voice in this one is Barry. Like Barry is is given is giving voice in this. It's kind of amazing.
0: Got it. Got it. I think it.
1: Um, it looks like a million bucks. It looks really good. Um, so. Uh I'm gonna keep watching it. That's the
0: thing about Apple shows, they put so much money into them, and I don't know anyone who watches them but people's dads.
1: Like sometimes dads need things, ne- things to watch. I told you my parents am glad that they my parents it. in in lieu of anything else to watch the other night watched The Nest.
0: Okay, how did that go? I meant to ask you how did that go? As expected?
1: <laughs> uh well, mostly yes. Um they liked it a little bit more. They were, they 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 were Really into Carrie Coon and Jude Law. They thought they were both great. Um, When I said they were, they did the "Where would I know her from?" thing, and we succeeded on the post that they remembered her. Like it took a second where I was like, "She was in the post," and my dad's like, "Who is she in the post?" And I said, "She's the one. She's the woman." He's like, "She's the one on the phone when they get the result." Like, yes, you remember. So they love Carrie Coon. Um, I might have convinced them to try the leftovers, which. Watch this space, because what the fuck?
0: <laughs> um,
1: they mostly hated the ending, which I knew that they would. My parents hate an open-ended ending. They do not want to be left with ambiguity of any sort. They want an ending. They want to like. They want you know, yeah, a button put on it. So I knew that they would,
0: and not like. There's a subtle ending that, like, the family is together and fine. They want a story be
1: their words were happening, telling them their all. words were, What was all that for? <laughs> Which, like, okay,
0: welcome to um,
1: life. and they were also like, What was up with the horse getting unburied? And I'm like, It's a long story, like, who Um, I'm like, That happens, uh, but anyway, so that was the, the reaction to the nest was pretty much what I expected, so um. But that's why they're loving the shit out of Only Murders in the Building, which I have said to them for years that they would like. So that is much more, uh, it makes much more sense. So, um,
0: Chris? Miraculously, we got through the rest of the list somehow. Thank you, Ketchup Entertainment, for getting (laughs) us to talk about memory. Change your name.
1: Um, Good episode, Chris. I
0: want Ketchup Entertainment to go into the Witness Protection Program. Change your name.
1: Don't tell anybody about this.
0: Change your clothes. Don't tell anyone.
1: <laughs> leave today. You have to leave today.
0: The, can I say because we're recording this on virtual Sundance weekend? Yeah. My fear this whole time during during Sundance is I'm like, who's going to get stuck with Ketchup Entertainment? Who's <laughs> going to get stuck? Who's going to get screwed over? And well, except you've only
1: liked it? one movie, so
0: I like I've really liked two Ooh, so okay.
1: far. We're up to two. I've only seen I have two
0: clear favorites. Excuse me. We'll see how I feel for uh, Sundance bonus.
1: I've only seen one so far, but I'm gonna try and watch two tonight if I can get my shit together. Um anyway, fantastic class of twenty twenty three episode, Chris. Um, I love it so I love this episode. I think it's uh fun that there is something that people actually look forward to throughout the year for us um in this way. Nice
0: to put a pin in
1: things. I need to stop talking because my voice really hurts at this point.
0: I was going to say, listeners got to hear you lose your voice in real time. You are a true
1: I'm like Lady Gaga in that one scene. Isn't there a scene in her documentary where she just like has absolutely no voice? Or I'm, I guess Madonna they, in Truth they, or Dare. They
0: go through her chronic pain. I'm much more
1: Madonna in Truth or Dare, I guess. Madonna definitely loses her voice in Truth or Dare. That's me. Of the many ways that Madonna and I have a lot in common. Um, one of those actually, I want to say her birthday is near mine, but I could be totally wrong.
0: I always shade it
1: Why say it? No, say it. You have to say it because we're both old. Is that it? Is it an age joke? No,
0: you're both always late.
1: Well, yes, very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah, her birthday's only four days. Uh, uh, before she's a she's an August Leo like me. So, um, mm, you're a cusp, I am a cusp, and I'm much more Virgo than Leo. From what I understand, you know, I think astrology is mostly bullshit, but um, just from what everybody seems to say about Leos versus Virgos, I'm like, I probably trend more Virgo, and I'm a, I'm a day or away, so um, that's fine. Anyway, I am always late. Madonna and I, icons who, um, who can't be constrained by time. I wonder if what kept her late is what often keeps me late to these podcasts. I hope not, because... Uh,
0: I think there's a lot of things that make... Or not on time.
1: Well, first of all, nobody's on time for concerts. Nobody's that late for concerts, but like these two the You were about to say these, it. You you I, were about to say it. I was gonna say,
0: I was gonna say, fucking, I
1: wasn't Were lying. you now? These two Were you now people, okay.
0: who do you think you are suing Madonna for showing up late? It's Madonna. Live in the real world. She's not gonna be on time i don't care if you had to work the next day who cares take a vacation day that's what well i mean I should you're
1: you're you're drifting now, into i don't think seniors. so honey cadence right now and i appreciate it and approve of it so um
0: i mean that would actually be has, have one. they done that but, one yet uh, no from- these two people suing madonna live in the real world what are you talking about i hope you got the attention you wanted what do you expect My sister and I showed up to Madonna. We were like, she's going to be at least two hours early. You know how, or two hours late. You know how late she was? Exactly two hours late. (laughs) And you know what? She put on a fucking great
1: show. So,
0: now here is my question, though, Chris. People
1: suing Madonna. If you were to see, I made this mistake in the other direction where um, my friend Jason and I uh, saw garbage at Terminal 5 and we were very much of the Nobody ever goes. Oh,
0: that's that awful place where it's just like they don't have chairs and everybody is just yeah. like shoved to the stage. Yeah, no.
1: that's basically how I was. How I was sort of raised on going to concerts, though. So like, it didn't seem that unusual to me until I started seeing things at like the Beacon, and then I'm like, oh, you can just sit this whole time. This is like lovely.
0: Yeah, but it's it's not just sitting. It's like you have. It's like you're EO, but not moving. Like everybody has a lane to like you have a designated spot spot. sure like you don't need to sit you're just standing in that spot but like no one's shoving you because like there is a line created by your chair
1: regardless we we were so confident that the that the show would start late because all shows start late that we ended up missing the first two songs um and one of which was uh push it and so i was sad that i missed garbage doing push it because i love that song um anyway madonna oh are you con- would you ever be confident enough that Madonna was going to start two hours late that you would like show up to the concert ninety minutes late?
0: I mean, a lot of people did. We were like, we'll be fine. We'll get a snack. It'll be great.
1: And you can sit, and you have seats, so you could sit. That's true. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, Chris. Let's end this thing because, like I said, uh, the voice she has gone.
0: <laughs> Where we we've gotten at least when we got a field, it was at the end. You know, people can be like, they're done. They're talking about Madonna stuff yeah, late.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Uh uh, you can find me on socials at crispy file. That's F-E-I-L. I'm
1: on socials at Joe Reed. Reed spelled R-E-I-D.
0: Oh, I just jumped into ours and we should be doing <laughs> the podcast socials. Uh please follow us.
1: Uh <laughs> we're so we're, we're, we're out tired. of it, y'all. Um, we're out of it. You don't we're out we've been it. doing this we've podcast longer. for longer than you think, actually. So uh. <laughs> we have uh
0: my fault. Um that's our episode. If you want more of this had oscarbuzz, you can check out the Tumblr at this You should also follow us on Twitter at had underscore oscar underscore buzz and on Instagram at this And please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash this We've already given our socials. We, of course, always like to thank Kyle Cummings, Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork, Dave Gonzalez, Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance, Taylor Cole for our theme music. Please remember to rate, like, and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever else you get those podcasts, five-star review in particular, really helps us out with Apple Podcast visibility. So don't just be a boy on the boat come on to dry land give us that fifth star don't be wish wishing upon a star make five stars (laughs) we're we're spent and tired we love you all thank you for listening thank you for thank you guys joe yes all right that's all for this week we (laughs) hope you'll be back next week for bye
1: guys